every chain, on every verse I ever wrote, on every phrase, on every note. Nowhere to rang but a merry dough to the game for forevermore. You win the game, but you never score. In every lane, I'm exceptional. I'm on a plane where you never go. And they tell me that life is a bitch, but I much prefer Mary Jane as a better hoe. Ay, you see, most y'all niggas just fake to me. Stars made up like Maybelline. My niggas good for life. Y'all still trying to get from point A to B. And they say silence is golden. So my wrist be talking shit for me. And haters can't help but hate. Shit, I can't help but be chosen. So Spike, you spoke on you spoke on something which is it's it's kind of depressing, but you know, we gotta push through it. But you said like we only gonna see depressing is the right word. I mean it kind of realization that you have to face in life. But the realization could be depressing. Like we can't take that away. You know, it 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 doesn't take it doesn't mean that you have to be depressing, but it is like I, I feel like that that fits the bill but you said that if we be realistic for those that don't live in the same state or city or community as their family mother friends and family yeah. friends and family if you really do the math if you only see them like a couple times after year maybe three at the most let's see you see them on christmas let's say you see them in the summertime and let's mm-hmm. say you see them one off random other time maybe three times a year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you said that if you do the math if you say you might see them like especially if your family's a little older you might see them 20 more times yeah like you're looking at like i'm i just turned 40 my mom's 60 so if you're thinking about three times per year right yeah over the next if even if they're looking up to 15 years that's 45 times you're thinking about And think about them. I'm only gonna see my mom or somebody else about 45 more times in my whole life. That's and crazy. the the reality of that, because you know everybody's gonna die. Yeah. Like you know they're not gonna be here forever. They're not gonna find some miracle drug where motherfuckers yeah. gonna be around longer than that. But I think it starts to make you taking the realization, like just being more present, taking more time, making that phone call, answering the phone. You know your mom could call mm-hmm. at the most inopportune times, mm-hmm. but just really appreciating the time that you have with people like it really puts it in perspective especially like you said man if mm-hmm. you out of town and you don't get to see your people every day it's a drive it's a haul and you think about damn i only see my mom my pop my people i only see my friends even with friends think about it yeah. you, you at we, we're at a point in our life where your close friends that you don't see every day mm-hmm. less than a hundred times probably you're gonna see them again that's definitely less than a hundred crazy to think about well you know it's even crazier it's like when you say like you might see your mom 15 more times right mm-hmm. nigga you would see your mom 15 times in three weeks because every day you got up as a little boy and yeah she every was. day so and, and think about another on top of that that's if everything goes perfect that's if don't know crazy events yeah. happen and don't know tragic sickness and that's if everything yeah. is perfect yeah. so that adds even more to it you're like yeah everything had to go great for me to see my mom 50 more times like nah but i need to be more proactive and, and yeah. just start making them phone calls on a daily basis answering yeah. them phones even with your friends because i know i do that a lot like i'll be thinking i'll be thinking about some one of my friends i just hit them up tomorrow and then that tomorrow turn into oh, next man. week next oh, month boy you know what i'm saying boy yeah. that's why I, I learned to i learned to move on impulse sometimes like i think mm-hmm. that that's that's so necessary because you miss a lot of opportunity when when you yeah. when you don't react on impulse. Like if it's a positive I'm bad impulse, on it too. I ain't really a good impulsive person. Either. I'm bad. I, I can see I that. I can I see that. You more of a structured, well thought yeah. out. I work best that way. Yeah. Impulse, like it makes me. 
Like I, I'm always questioning my decision if I gotta move too fast. <sighs> I hate that. Like I, like I, like I, I'm always questioning if I'm moving. If I feel like I'm moving too fast, question my decision. Do you have an opportunity that you can just think of as we bring in the show? Do you have an opportunity you could think of? It's like, dang, if I would have just moved on it. I could yeah, hell yeah! Like, I, not right off the top of my head, no, okay. but yeah, throughout life, absolutely, it has hit <laughs> me. Yeah, I mean, it's helped as well. You know, yeah. it come in handy as well. But hell yeah, I can think of some time like, I just went on and done it. Boom! And most of the time, you get to, in your head, it ain't mm-hmm. even as bad, or sometimes as good as you think if you delay that shit. So sometimes mm-hmm. it is good to just move on impulse. I agree with you, man. But this is <laughs> another week in the books. Yes, I sir. Am Spike Lou. Mo, we back in the saddle two weeks in a row now, holding it down throughout the holidays, yes, man. Your sir. Christmas going good. You, you got your Christmas shopping done? I definitely don't, cause you know how niggas do. Oh I just my want God, to Mo, be. you got a daughter, man. You supposed to have that shit done, bro. Hey, hey, look, man. First off, I want to let y'all know, like he said, it's another week in the books, and y'all ain't had Fridays this good since Fridays was this good. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, you know, we get behind on it, but you know. With her, it's kind of we kind of getting down to the one item gift these days. How old is she? Eight. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I'm an OG out here, man. <laughs> See, shit. I started young, but you getting down to the one items already, eight though. Well, I mean, because they won't, they won't tech. And so yeah. when you start, we, we getting, like it. Actually, you know what? We like that with my God. So like he had, he at about eight or nine. It ain't no gifts no more. It's like one thing. <laughs> all right, go buy you some clothes and shit like that. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like at, at that age, at eight, how old is your godson? About eight. Oh, at that age, like bro, clothes is like cold, nigga. Like at our yeah. when we growing up, like you got me shit. clothes. I got clothes. <laughs> like I don't want no clothes. I want toys. Like. Like, what are we talk about or you know, tech like you said or text or tech shit. like yeah we used to let me get a video game i mean you know for my p my playstation or my playstation 2 you know but i, I was like at it when i was young though i ain't want no clothes yeah that's what i'm saying like like hey, yeah i mean she'll be happy with it now but it's a lot of factors that play into why kids care about clothes at that that young now versus then because we my, i mean my yeah. bro had a little toy keyboard and like i used to play on that's that's really what got me into music my brother's toy keyboard like mm-hmm. that's what made me end up asking like a year or two later for my own keyboard and I had a, a Yamaha and that's when I started making beats. Really? I asked for that. Man, maybe that's why I'm not as creative. I asked for that. My mom was like, hell no. I ain't gonna... We was in I never forget that shit. We was in uh Circuit City. It was like a little <laughs> you remember the little electric drum sets had the little yeah. four drums on there and you yeah, could beat the little... them. Like I was man, I was in there playing with the motherfucker for like 30 minutes. I said, oh, that's what I want for Christmas. My mom was like, Yeah, right. Wow. Ain't no way in the world I'm gonna get you this. <laughs> Why was it stupid high? Two thousand. <laughs> they weren't even just high. It's just like I'm not gonna be listening. Who? Where? Where is you gonna play that at? Mm-hmm. Like it was my mama thing. Like where is you gonna play that? Because yeah. you, you ain't playing it in my house. Well, I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. And I've always been like an early. Like I've always been an early riser and shit like that. So you I think you could have been a producer. I mean, well, I'm sorry. If I don't like work- music enough to do that. I don't think so. I really <laughs> like my my love for music has plummeted. I mean, but like at that time, you if you never thought you could be like a producer or anything or engineer. I always thought that shit was so tedious, man. I used to watch ah, okay. Animal Brown do that shit, man. I just like, ain't no way I'm gonna sit here and like like that's even with this and what we do in this medium, yeah. like video editing should be something a podcast is like really 
mm-hmm. at least could you know have some i don't know this shit mm-hmm. is too tedious bro i don't want to do nothing so i don't do tiktok it's None of that. like i don't it's, yeah it's yeah, not bro. i don't want to do that i don't i want to if i'm doing podcasts and i don't want to edit and engineer i want a podcast yeah, so you want i want that's to be part of my thing with it yeah i've never been into any of that like i've i've, I've never like it's not it's never interested me like producing or editing and none of that stuff like I've so then so then i asked since that never had that has never been your interest mm-hmm. how much harder did you have to go on narrowing down i'm going to be the talent how how much harder do you got to go because you say you know because because dr dre says hard work beats out talent when talent doesn't work hard so you knowing that he's saying i don't want to do all i ain't about to be the russ or the uh, you know whoever the houdini or whatever to like try to do all of these different jobs i'm coming here i'm on the mic that's what i do how did you did you did you take a a, a a closer look at how much you really had to be dope at that knowing that this is all i do good in question space? not in the beginning but leading like now yes absolutely it is <laughs> on my mind now 100 percent uh but leading into it like i i kind of started being on the mic out of necessity i was wanting just mainly to be an ideas guy like let's figure the brand out let's do it this way it should look like this when we originally started on deck it was like we had a host his name was little larry a wild crazy character uh larry y'all didn't say this on the interview yeah we did well his name we called him probably dipset or something i think we called him dipset larry but his name little larry probably the the you ain't never met him but probably the top five most unique people i've ever met in my life larry is a character in it to itself which is why we try to pick him to host the show but it was I don't think the expectations were clear enough as far as what. Oh, we I think I do remember him, now what he wanted from us. So um, I was like, "Shit, I can do it. I could host." And I was really offended though. Animal Brown, was like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, you sure you could do it? You know that that if you know me, the audacity of you to doubt me, even though I got zero experience. Yeah, I have no experience in this. This is a dream of ours, and you very much should doubt me. However, how dare you? That is a spike loop. I can't spike. believe you. That's crazy. So, yeah. That's spike though. That's I and that was that. that was one of now then to your question, that was one of the things that fueled me. That initial response of like, are you sure, bro? Like, oh, you mean you ain't really got the because like I said, Larry, you knew his personality 100 percent different from what I am. Well, I don't uh, imagine that. Like wh- yeah, wh- wh- but it wh- offended me for a motherfucker to think that I couldn't get on here and cut it on. Like I couldn't be as personable enough mm-hmm. to host a, a show so was that's it, what was kind of my fuel was it larry and animal brown uh doing it together no animal oh. brown and i would come up with the ideas okay we, come I remember up with who we want to interview didn't. yeah we would come up with who we want to interview what it should look like uh what we want to talk about who's a good person for the segment you should ask him this that was you know the origins of it like that was a role that i played I okay. just Okay. Let's put everything together. So it was producing, kind of producing really? like you said, yeah. yeah, but just more of a management producing type thing. Yeah, and like from there, I, I started just to like from there, it was just I just started paying attention to it more since I did it. Like the people that I liked and that were good at it and wanted to start modeling myself out of them. Like the people I've always been a big Howard Stern fan. So mm-hmm. that 
uh most and it's crazy like this random white people that you wouldn't even think of that influenced me the most in this other than like combat jack people like that but mm-hmm. uh howard stern dan patrick is a sports host um have you ever watched um man what's that guy in, Stuart Scott have you ever here? watched no Damn. i know who Stuart Scott is but he worked with dan patrick he came yeah. up after that Okay. I used to watch Sports Center every day, and Dan that's what Patrick, I'm saying. Like, like I, this, yeah, and then, but Dan Patrick does a radio show that he's been doing. I, I've listened to that every day for the last 15 years. Uh, I always, I don't miss Dan Patrick. However, it was him. And then, have you ever heard of Inside the Actors Studio Guild? I think his name yeah. is like James Campbell. You seen that show before? No, I ain't seen it. I heard that, that man though. is a he is a beast with the question and his line of question, how he's able to stay on it. And mm-hmm. um, so him is James something I can't think of his name, but he's passed now. And Larry King, Larry King is a monster. Like he is a beast. I ain't bro. never connected with as Larry far King, as his, bro. bro. I love Larry King as far uh, as his questioning, the deadpan of like he he he'll ask you anything and just be like, so okay, what? Fuck. It. See, but 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 here's the thing. Though, I love bro. that. But bro, you be I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's your opinion, but sometimes you feel like you be giving credit in weird places, bro. Because mm, like the I way. Because, because like your talent intrigues me. Well, but it's I always, not always motherfuckers. Well, but sometimes I feel like it's not obscure talent more so than it's an obscure product that works. Give me and an example. Happen, and you happen to be uh, uh, drink champs. That's mm. an obscure product. Right. The product of you got guests so on the here. praise that I give Panori. Yeah, like he's not good he's at slow. what he's slow what, though. That, that's fine. He's taking that and ran with it. And I don't mean well, that in no disrespectful way. He well, says that. But he says it himself. Time. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he should it. he should stop doing that. He should stop yeah, he doing should. it. It's just like just, I did. I did kind of say that way too freely. My my that was really just <laughs> 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 put him down as a black man. I mean, well, yeah. I, go ahead. But but uh, and but, I get to my point. But like with Nori, like from a traditional sense or a technical sense, like he's not good at that. EFN is probably better at it. However, the product that they've put together is is a great product that flourishes. So I don't necessarily say, oh, they're talented more so not say, hey, you got proof of concept. Your shit is fire. It works. But I'm not going to say you're great at it. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like with Larry King, I've watched some things and it's just like, I feel like somebody behind the scenes just gave you the questions like I like interviewers that have a genuine interest. He never feel like he genuinely interested to me. Like I, I that's why when you say Larry King, I'm like, eh, that's why I draw the line, like on my opinion. Like so I mean that's part of his appeal. Like the lack of interest and almost like I'm not gonna <laughs> treat you. I'm not gonna put you on no pedestal up here, motherfucker. I'm just Who are like, you? I'm running, I'm running these questions to you. Like, come on, ask them. And this is like that old man vibe. Like, I wouldn't want him to interview anybody. Like, I, there's particular places where he excels. And even with Nori, I feel like you can stumble upon brilliance. Like, you ain't always got to be striving to be the best or the greatest at something to actually be really, really good at it. And that's why I respect what Nori does. I don't think Nori came into this thinking drink champs would be this and do that. He probably didn't even understand fully what podcasting would do mm-hmm. however as he's gotten in this element how he's been able to navigate it and make it a really good product that's what i respect about it not even just I the acumen too, of yeah. it. like i don't even really just like you're right his questioning and he'll ruin some shit sometimes but just the overall like 
what he's been able to accomplish just by being him mm-hmm. he ain't trying to switch it up i ain't gotta act like and put my professional cap on like, i'm gonna be slow as nori from queens and i'm gonna ask just these random questions mm-hmm. and shit and, and this is gonna make and this is gonna work i respect the shit out of that I, like, do I, I do hold they, i do hold some of that stuff real high yeah i think they got a great product that's <laughs> but i will Bad. say on a on an ending note as we get to the off deck question spike this is unfortunate I have to say this Y'all Y'all gonna hear a few of my thoughts this week But I, I gotta get this off I went to Drink Champs You know the most recent episode Who the guest was Mm-mm. Who was it <laughs> It had Bill Bellamy <laughs> Ah yeah I did see that Nigga posted that in the group chat uh, Bro He was telling the story about LL Cool J and, uh, Now the story the was gold that story is always fire. He was old, uh, Terrell always get your popcorn ready podcast. Like he told the story over there. He told it plenty of times. And and you know Nori said he's like the slick Rick of comedy. He can tell stories, which is which is a fair That's assessment. Funny. You like Bill Bellamy too. That's your boy, right? Well, 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 well. This is this is why I brought it to another week in the books. Okay. After listening to this, like this nigga got slapped. I didn't watch the visual, but you can. Oh come tell. on, bro! It was LL Cool J though. Stop, like. What you saying? LL Cool J smacked Bill Bellamy? No, no, no. I'm saying Bill Bellamy was slapped as far as drunk. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. my bad. Go ahead. So he la- later down the road in the interview, he was slapped, and I just couldn't like see. This is the impact of this show. Cause me and you have conversations. Some things you say, I I don't know if this happens to you, but I hope something I say will stick with you at least to the point you like. Odin said that shit Like cause one thing That sticks with me That you said Like the dancing thing So now when I be on IG And I see certain people dancing I be thinking about <laughs> What Spike Lou said And now I, I be like shit. Now I be I be looking at people like Like You a clown Why you dancing I'm like That's how I what? look man and so, but, I just shake my head When I bro, see people dancing just- bro. <laughs> So I thought about you I'm listening to the interview And Bill Bellamy like he's trying to get he's drunk, so he's trying to get in his talking talking his ish ish bag, but he wasn't like he never really was he thought he was being deep and he wasn't. And That's I was what like to do to you, man. Bro, and so I was just like, All right, damn, I, I ain't a, I ain't really a fan, bro. He lost you. He, he lost, lost me because he, he can't lost me. his liquor. Well, no, not because he can't handle his lick, because I remember top billing. I I that was a homework assignment. I was like, okay, I remember you listening said, to that. He was like, ah, nigga, seem like he he trying to be deep, like he knows something, but it's yeah. like it's low hanging fruit. And then I went over yeah. there, and I'm like, bro, he got an opportunity to talk his shit about being an MTV host and you know repping hip hop, and he kept telling yeah. the, saying the same thing about what hip hop was, and he just he never really got in that bag. Like it was just always this like generic. I don't it's know. Like the Wizard I, of Oz shit. I call yeah, it the Wizard bro, of Oz. The shit. Wizard of like, Oz. <laughs> yeah, like the little man. A, you a little bit of ass man behind you. Don't watch the Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah, nah, behind yeah. this big ass machine telling these lies, nigga. Just shut up, man. This bro. shit ain't even that deep. <laughs> bro, I promise. The I was like, I didn't even finish the interview, bro. I probably I got majority of it done because I'm looking for the inside scoop of like he. Because I'm like at least give me the inside scoop on how to be a player, mm. nigga. Like he still didn't quite. Give it to us for real And I was just like Alright I'm out bro A whole lot of fluff It's just fluff I'm like This is your opportunity You don't drink champs Like Kanye Didn't been on drink champs You know what I mean and 
Yeah, and it's Nori. Niggas shouldn't have no problem. No problem. Articulating himself and telling the like Nori just leaves it there for you because he ain't going. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I w- I can't wait till Nori invites us up and I'm speaking it. You heard it. Yes. Yeah. You heard definitely, it. Definitely. One hundred percent. Oh, are you gonna drink if he has you there? Nah. Damn. I thought I was gonna get there. spiked there. Damn. Damn. <laughs> I right. smoke up there. We'll drink. Yeah, okay. Going all there. right. All right. What um what we have off deck is our segment that you take something from the on deck TV podcast show, excuse me, the Animal Brown and I do each Wednesday. So go check that out if you stumbled upon another week in the books and wonder where all this stemmed from. Uh go check that out. It's in your feed. This week we did our person of the year in hip hop. We stole that from Time Magazine. You know, every year they do their person <laughs> of the year. They haven't named them yet. Uh, but we just kind of took that and started running with it. This week or this year, I had uh Lil Boosie, who was in the news today actually for saying he got more club bangers than Jay-Z, which I firmly believe. I don't know why niggas was arguing that. And many, um whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. How many club bangers he got? Who? Boosie, and what I mean, and what re- is he talking about? Like the southern region or the whole U.S.? See, this is what people from New York do and Midwest. I'm not, places. I, I, nah, y'all don't, nah, them. don't throw Midwest in there. Don't do us in type Midwest of way. Places, don't even y'all do be that. sleep. Y'all really sleep on Boosie. Like their albums, that yeah, Boosie Tennessee, low key Midwest. <laughs> no, absolutely not. We we the dirty yeah, y'all south. T- y'all, nah, y'all not the, y'all like maybe trying. maybe Memphis may be Midwest, but not Nashville. If you're gonna throw anybody in the Midwest, you put Memphis in there because that's they the westest city. But nah, I mean, people were arguing back and forth that Jay Z, well, Lil Boosie don't have, I think Boosie said that he has more club bangers than Jay Z, uh, which I, I feel like is true. You wipe like, me people down. don't, people don't play Jay Z in the club, bro. Jay Z don't make club records, he don't. Yeah, like it ain't, but new. he's like, a part of But But people see the, the you, issue is you, he got later songs. Now, the issue where, is people don't want to give Boosie his credit. Nah, that's what it is. Nah, that's why I made him the man of the year. That, that's cool. Year. That's your bias, but <laughs> <laughs> but but you have to think. See, if you stop Jay at like some 2008 type deal, you're like, oh yeah, Boosie got him. But the problem is, Jay is still going. You still got those Beyonce joints, that Drunken Love. You still got, uh, you know, uh, nah, nah yeah, that's Beyonce just, songs and shit. I mean, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a collaboration. A nigga tell me that the Jay Z songs you playing in the club is single ladies and okay, fucking All Drunken right. Love. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shit like All right, that, so look, you course. got well, you got this. What was it joined off of that? Uh, that uh, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, that song with him and B. That was his song. Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. the song with you know, uh, Big Pimpin'. You got Big Pimpin' up, PSA, up shoulders. Big Pimpin' PSA. PSA. Yeah, that's part of the set. It's Allow me to reintroduce myself. That's the, the first whole song they gonna play. Hell yeah. In the club, you okay? Yo, you, y'all forget you what age group we talking about here? Yeah, when I was outside and they like that. If you playing a Jay, oh, they were still hip hop and hop. No, not even that. It just started with that. Like that's the Jay Z set starter. Uh-huh. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Right. H to the OZ. Then they'll go to like uh, where I I'm wish from I was there. Marcy. Nigga, don't act like it was the 1900s. <laughs> that's the new joke that you. <laughs> That's the new joke the kids play now. They're like, oh, you mean back in the, uh, the late 1900s? Because you know the late 1900s is like 1990 and 80. Right, before technology. So you can, yeah, you can refer 
to like a fairly recent period of time now as the late 1900s. The 1900s. Yeah. Y'all niggas hey. was growing up in the late 1900s and shit. People are wild for saying that. Who said that? That's nuts, bro. Think about it. The, the kids nowadays. Like, that's a good Take one. a venture over the TikTok. That's a really good that's one. That's some Game of it Thrones. It is hard to say. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, you know he was born in the late 1900s. I was. So I was born in the 1990s <laughs> of 100s. Nigga was born in the late 1900s, so I don't know how that would accurate his opinion would be but yeah I, I think boosie is is that's again fair. i'm from the south so i'm that's fair. however that's uh mine was boosie animal browns was um do you remember i can't even remember off the top of my head i had it right snoop on the tip Dog? of my tongue snoop was last year oh i don't remember no nope. uh, well Go take that's all the more reason for you guys to go check out the on deck TV show so you can that was a cliffhanger actually. So now you can figure out who Animal Brown's person of the year yes, was. Sir. Uh but I bring all that up to bring up the off deck question of the week that Mo comes in with longtime listener and supporter of the on deck TV show. You got on deck of the week this week. See, you look, fixed the vote. So, it, was, so, it sounded rigged. It sounded a little nah, rigged. Nah, see, so Spike is behind blackballing. I am not. That is not what nah, I said. That's, nah, bro. I you, said you your perception was. <laughs> I said your perception was that you were blackballed. You no. the second person that said, "Man, why you blackballed?" Nah, you said. You know you didn't, didn't mess up, that. right? You know you didn't mess up, right? At first, you said. What I said. I, oh, on deck, old decker of the week is over. <laughs> like that's what you said last week. Y'all go rewind the tape. You know what I'm saying? So, but but hey, AB's a real one, man. Shouts out to AB, man. You still my guy, bro. We still, hey, man, hit me up, dog. <laughs> I see you at the gym, bro. But off that question of this week is uh, Spike on the show. You spoke about you know you you went and watched the New Jack City live play, and it made me ask a question here. If it was up to you, what black classic? Would you be down for them to create in this this format of a live play that hasn't been done yet? And I don't know how many you know that has been done or is brought to your radar, but I know a few of them. I don't know a whole lot of them. But really, yeah. I mean, I know set well, it off. What set it off was one. Yeah, of I went to go see the set it off one. Oh wow! Mm, I like a, plays. You I love plays. Dang, I didn't know that. I, I want to uh, right now. My man, this. Uh, he played Bonk on the Wire. He has a... You, you, you ain't never watched a... Well, come yeah, on, I watched the whole, series. the whole series. Bonk, the black guy with the cigar. McNulty's oh, Bonk, the cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's in a play right now on Broadway that I'm trying to go see before it leaves. It's called Death of a Salesman. And it's just like about him, his life as a salesman and, you know, how shit passed him by. It's essentially what we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. And it's up in New York until March. I'm going to try to get up there and see that. But I say that to say I'm a big play fan. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I go fucks with the plays, man. Um, if I had to do one, and I'm going to put a twist on this, the set it off one was cool. The what New Jack City one that I went to go see this week was cool. Mine would be actually an album. Hmm. I would turn the Riding Dirty UGK album into a play Lay and make that. Us. And make that because essentially I've heard Bun talk about that album. What it's supposed to be is like um, a night in Houston. Two guys just normal. One 
everyday guys in Houston during that time period. It may have been hustlers or whatever it may be, but this is just a general night in their lives in Houston and the things that happen, some of the things that they're carrying with them. Because if you listen, people have heard of Ryan Dirty. Ryan Dirty, a heavy album as far as just them talking about the trials and tribulations of a black men. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would be a dope play to play out. It would be about friendship. Uh, maybe you could all play two people who Bun and Pimp C maybe would have been if they had stayed in the streets versus mm-hmm. rap and kind of see how that would have played out for them. So I would do Riding Dirty, take those songs as a loose outline for how the play would play out and make it a dope ass play. Riding Dirty to play. Mm. I like it. Mm. What, would you do? what was yours? <clears throat> I'm going to do Training Day, man. I think oh, uh, I know the limitations of the stage is there, but I think the dialogue is so strong on Training Day, bro. That would be good. That would be like, good. nigga, like me and my sister, like we are like walking movie quotes. Like I don't do it on here because we got a show, but like if we meet in person, like and, and, and quotes come to me from a sitcom, like that's I'm a walking movie TV quote person like I, I have a quote for like every scenario but I think that a train I was uh me and my friends was like that with life for the longest oh, I, I got man, two homeboys like but I got, I got two like homeboys and we know the whole day we, we used to do the whole what was the most life. what was the most quotable that y'all would say from life mm-hmm. uh damn it's been so long man, it was everything <laughs> on there of course <laughs> I'm a nasty motherfucker right there of course that yeah one. T- tell them about the gun and, line uh, boss Tell them about the gun line, boss. Um, <laughs> those are the biggest two. Yeah. Can't and, get uh, right. Uh, oh, and uh, he said he from New York City, boss. New the York boy, City. Boys is from New York City. <laughs> he said he from New York, boss. Yeah. That was, How about that, I that turn was, you into nigga pie? How much you gonna take to turn these apple pies into nigga pie? <laughs> and when, when, when he came down with when, when, uh, the chick and ran the game on Martin, <laughs> took that nigga watch. <laughs> Oh man! Like, everybody was like, "Yeah, she look real holy to me. She look real holy to me, Clark." Oh man, say say don't nigga say say watch one more time. Nigga, say nigga, watch. Say look clock from nigga, now on. From now on, say, you, you say, say look clock. clock, nigga. Like what 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 what? If yeah. you, I even hear a what what, nigga, whoop your ass. Like yeah, that was that was our shit, man. We yeah. sit there and watch that all the time in regard to take that. But yeah, yeah. life was my shit. Life, um, that that would be a great live play too. That'd be a great line. It would. It would definitely be fire. Oh, uh, sure. But yeah, that, that would be it, man. Mine would be riding dirty. Yours would be <laughs> training day for sure. Training day. Did you have a person of the year? I know you sent me one yeah, of the texts. I, I ain't want to step on. Well, and this will kind of roll into if you want to roll into the relevant. You can loosen your parameters. I don't even think it would have to be hip hop. You should say in general who's impressed you the most this year that you would call impressed impressed me is whoa, that's man. a whole nother. Or, or not impressed you, just this had you've had the most disdain for because you know the person of the year one year was the dude from North Korea. Oh, uh, King the, the dictator or King Jong Un, yeah, like so it ain't necessarily always gotta be a good person. See, it's hard. It's like I said, it's like the LeBron or Jordan thing. It's like every year it could be Kanye and Drake. It it really can. And then it's like I look for other people, like I look for a Roddy. I'm like, okay, maybe Roddy can he can run it but then it like all, what happens is they have a moment then it's, it just drops off and then they don't follow up you'd be like oh a little baby he had, he dropped the album then if they don't follow up and then you'll have a you know at one point it was benny you're like oh benny got the feature with cole he ain't dropped tanner talk for but then it just drops off like you know what i'm saying because we ain't in that era where you can drop and just duck off 
So it's hard to give anybody else like that person of the year in hip hop for real because you got to kind of stay frequent the whole year. The reason I was saying like I say like even Kanye or Drake because Drake now, bro, I'm gonna be already real child. I'm, I'm coming on here, might be by myself. Next time you go to the airport, listen to that uh, that never mind, like that never mind project. <coughs> listen to it, I promise you, dude. I listen hit, to it when I go to Miami. That's what I'm saying, bro. To bro, yeah. I'm saying like, cause it's airport vibes. It's straight air. It's straight airport vibes. You hit when you see the plane taking off. Just play that album, dude. I I, I dogged that album when I went back and listened to it. I needed it because I'm like, man, all this killing and rap. I went back to it. I'm like, yo, you don't gotta like him as a singer or whatever it is, but the vibe is there and it's cool. You don't have to take it that serious. Just vibe out with it, and I like it now. And then for him to turn around and then put out this album with 21, can you do something for me? You know what I mean? So he did his thing with it. So I spin on that day. What? Put your own little Maurice spin on that. What? Can you do something for me? That's what he said. (laughs) I think that was your own. You had it in your own key right there. You added a little (laughs) little sauce to it. What you know about keys, man? You You added a little sauce to it. You didn't get the drum set. What you know about the keys? I I took music appreciation, man. I took music appreciation. Really? In like the eighth eighth grade. It was mandatory. I'm finding out new information every day, y'all. I took (laughs) music and art appreciation. I took art appreciation in college, though. Art? Really? Yeah. You don't seem like an art guy. Nah, I am. I like museums and shit, man. Ah, I walk around in those motherfuckers. Like, again, I'm boring. Like, I I don't know if it's playing into the... I'm just yes, that I love history. I'm just interested in like all of that, like more like a dope painting and all of that. Like I'm interested in that shit. I walk around in a museum for hours. If a painting, if they if they don't give you the information on a painting, would you be interested? Because mm-hmm. that's you what said. art appreciation was about. You're supposed to look at it and kind of digest and see what the art is trying to say. And again, that was a long ass time ago. I don't even know if I passed that class. That was my first stint in college when I wasn't just yeah. going because I thought you had to go. Uh, but yeah, it, just, it, it was dope. Some information I took from it. I would be able to look at something and at least try to give you because we had to each week. You had to look at a piece of art and you had to write like a paragraph about what it was saying. Mm. That was How long cool. was you in college? Oh, uh, two years. Okay, yeah, two years. Y'all, y'all be on the lookout. Finish my degree. Be on the lookout. We about to we gonna do a college episode because I didn't know how long you was in there. Now that I know, I can't wait to talk about the college stories. You went straight yeah. out of high school. We would have, definitely have two different college experiences, so that would be dope. Yes, because mine was totally different from <laughs> what I've heard from other people. Because I, I wasn't really engaged. College is one of those things I know now that you have to be engaged in, like yeah. to be successful. The only reason, and and it's gonna be a good conversation. That the only reason that. It's worth that money that you spend there is the networking that you yeah. get to do. Yep. And it's a lot that I have to say about that. It's going to be dope. But I, I I do believe that college is worth it. You have to use it, though, to your advantage. It ain't just about what you learn. It's about the yeah. people that you meet. That's why it goes what a long you know. way. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Damn. But yeah, it's worth it. If you get there and you're engaged and you're active. That's what if I had kids and they were asking me, like I would tell them, like, mm-hmm. You can go to school, but you need to be active. I want you to run it for goddamn student body president and all that shit. People mm. need to remember who the fuck you was because that's what you're going for. Yeah. I that can't. way, when motherfuckers got jobs and businesses and they doing shit later on in life, they think of, oh, you know, such and such, man. And boom. 
That's how you make your connections. Well, I'm going to say this, and maybe this will be next week's episode. Maybe it'll be a week after. I don't know. Me and Spike will cook up. But I will say this, that on my, <coughs> my college campus experience, I made history. And I'm going to leave it there. Oh, I can't, yeah, leave it there. I can't wait to hear that. I what, definitely no 100% cannot wait to hear that. Okay. Uh, so this week's episode, man, we're talking about representation. Mo, this was your idea, man. I can't wait to hear what you wanted to get into with these topics. I feel like they're going to be very good. Uh, so we'll start with and go throughout the episode with that theme of representation. Going to make it more free flowing now as some pre-production things that we're trying to do. Let's make this flow more as a conversation. So if I don't pivot back to the topics of where we are in the show, it's because we're trying to make this more free flowing. I say that to say it start. We'll start with the zeitgeist and things that are out there in the universe. This past week, Mo, um, in Atlanta, there's this outside shopping area called Atlantic Station, right? Mm-hmm. And the kids go there. Like it's a it's a known high spot for the teenagers. And it's a private property. It's outside open air shopping, right? So they got the stores. You go in and out of stores. It's like a mall, but it's outside. And normally, uh, like I said, it's a, the younger kids go there and they, since it is a private place, have the right to throw you off of their property. So it's a big group of kids causing a ruckus and they got put out of the property in the midst of being put out. A fight broke out uh, with the fight being broken out. Gunshots. Five people got shot. 12 year old boy lost his life uh today another kid that was shot lost their life as well from that there's been a lot of stuff going on in Atlanta as far as specials and they're trying to implement stuff one of the things that came from it that was proposed was a 7 p.m curfew for kids under 17 mm-hmm. so i wanted to start there this week kind of see where you were with that how do you feel about them imposing the curfew what do you think about that story in general I read the article, Spike. You sent me. You sent it, and I, want I read you to have the, a little context here. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I read the article. Sad news: the mother had spoke to the authorities about you know she wanted to she was <laughs> she wanted to take a radical approach for her son. Rest in peace, the twelve year old that had passed away. She wanted him to kind of be kind of locked up, like juvenile to the authorities mm. because he was hanging around the wrong crowd and she didn't know what else to do mm. and you know one of the questions I always have is where's the father you know what I'm saying mm. which we know that this is the, the same cycle that keeps happening but outside of that I think that having this story covered and the mother speaking on I've reached out to y'all a week before this is what I need y'all to do because I'm trying to protect my son's life and just to know that he died being a part of the wrong crew and shots rang out and he died at the age of 12 12 bro and and, and a mother's intuition yes like she to see that coming she saw it come she probably didn't want where she probably tried to do as much as she could about it but yeah but let me let me let me let me let me let me show y'all like bro at 12 like at 11 i was in sixth grade dude about to become 12 like we was sneaking patent booties in middle school. No, nothing about thinking about being around the ops, being around fighting, being around none of that. Like it, I, there's, I just can't. It's it 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 still bamboozles me with the youth. It gets me the most with the youth. It's like, 
y'all really have no idea the risk. It's like y'all play video games, like a Call of Duty, Mortal Kombat, whatever you want to call these games that get really violent, uh, Grand Theft Auto, and you die. And they can come back to life on there. You can start over again, but it's like, I don't know. I just feel like, how does that not resonate, you know, in a way? And I guess because you can just pick it back up, you think that your life is something you can just pick it back up and put two quarters in and try again. But tying it back to your what you said about the curfew, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I don't care about the mm. strictness. I, I don't care about the strictness. If, if it's gonna protect lives, get y'all young asses in, in, bro. I don't care. I don't. Wow. I don't care, bro. Y'all, if you twelve and you out past seven, what you doing out, bro? You twelve. You a minor. Get get in the house. Period. Period. Yeah. I'm speaking with some bias here because I got I got took the juvenile hmm. curfew violation hmm. uh, when I was. 16 years old I just started driving We was out past midnight And they asked you If you're out past midnight And the police asked for your ID They can take you to juvenile Or tell you to go home They took me to juvenile Um, I say that to say To start at the first part Of your question About Them not understanding The relevance of You know Playing the video games Like you said And not really understanding The importance of life In itself mm-hmm. Um, the reason I put this on here to tie it in with representation. I'm sure that little boy listened to the latest music and, and as his mom said, ran with the wrong crowd because he thought that to be cool. I don't feel like when we are having this conversation and the reason, again, that I tie this in is not enough representation to show little black boys that it is still cool if you don't choose to be tough and rough and gangster and running the streets like there is still another route for you to go and be successful and make money and do the things that you want to do without endangering yourself however most of the representation that they see rappers basketball players that want to be rappers um the people who are successful to them in the mediums that they watch TV, music, movies usually aren't just normal regular everyday successful black people there's an extreme factor to it extremely gangster extremely athletic extremely outspoken if it's on social media they attribute that to success so when she see her 12 year old out there it's like well, why the fuck is he trying to run with these crowds and I know I taught him better than this it has to do with the consumption and like you in this topic and why I was really interested to see where you wanted to go with the representation topic there's not enough representations for little boys who are 12 years old to think that it's cool to stay in the house to go in the house at 7 o'clock that they don't have to be a part of a lifestyle that may take their life at 12 years old um, and I say that to say I totally disagree with the curfew I'm not of the I don't think that you punish the good kids because of the bad ones because what happens in this scenario the little kids who are following the rules who do what they're supposed to are now having to go in the house at seven because that's what they do they follow rules they're good kids and the motherfuckers that was out causing the trouble wreaking havoc anyway they not going in at seven o'clock so it, it don't even affect them no way like who's 
yeah they may be more apt now to police stopping them and kind of questioning them as to what they got going on if they out too late but then that even gives the police leeway to question whoever they want how you know i'm under 17 like wait why you have to see my id oh because we thought you may have been a minor and minors have a curfew so let me see your id let's just opens up a can of worms to where too many interactions with police or kids who are not in the element being punished for it. so I, I disagree with it. i wouldn't implement the curfew i like, nah, more the, more the onus got to be on the parents and more the onus has got to be on people in general like providing better role models and examples like i can't i can't force kids in the house at 7 p.m man like to me that ruins a child like kids already damn near their lack of social skills is alarming already just from being on social media and just talking to teenagers and, and people of a certain age nowadays is extremely painful for someone who's older and knows how to communicate better and it's because already they not outside so now they gotta be in at seven o'clock that's even worse nah bro that 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 don't correlate and the reason don't correlate because you're 12 14 12 to 17 though like 17 year olds too they're gonna be affected by this bro I'm 17. You, you got to be guys in the house at you, 7 p.m. That ain't you, realistic, bro. No, nah, no. Nah, but but like if you if you that's a curfew like publicly, right? Like so you're on a public domain, right? Yeah. So it's not in your actual neighborhood. So if you're outside in your neighborhood, like how most of us grew up, where you got homeboys in the neighborhood that might hop on the bus with you, or you may not be friends with them, but y'all live in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's where you can get that interaction. That's where you can get that build those communicative skills. You at the mall, you at the store, you at the get your young ass in the house, bro. Nah, bro, you hang it out. Nobody nah, told you that. No, nah, ain't no hanging out. Ain't no hanging nah, out, bro. See, that's that's right. Nah, bro. Because you not because it, it ain't that dangerous outside. So yes, it is. Kids can't hang out. Now. Yes, it is, like, bro. bro. It is. It is it's that not. dangerous. Like, dude, you it's not, bro. That like this is again. This is why I be like. So you're see so. If I'm operating from a standpoint of where I was, maybe I would think that way. But again, this is one of those things when when you have a child and you see Mm. how sensitive things are, it changes the whole dynamic. How quickly your child could get snatched. Mm. We just seen about, I don't know if you've seen it, but like just this week with the Balenciaga stuff Mm. and these children that are missing. It's like, bro, it's that sensitive. Yes. If you got to have a curfew for me to protect you, Cause you can't hang out Man hit your boys up on Twitch Hit mm. your boys up on the Zoom Hit your boys up on FaceTime Man get out of here Like I, I don't understand I couldn't, I couldn't We not in that more, same bro. era Spike We ain't in it them ain't, times We just have more information now I think that it was it, But we got more crazies crimes. now until this year violent crime has been down across america like it's just, look it up it's a statistic like until just recently all crime across the country has been down however we have more information now so it appears down that as a total or blacks period total all over the especially in black communities it's going down even more and we're talking about violent crimes murders killings all of those things are down across the country the world is a safer place now than it was when we were growing up who said however that? it's to take look it up now nah, he's who in said, the crime statistic no, no. who said <laughs> okay <laughs> if you want the information okay there's a civics civics 101 podcast 
it's, it's on Apple or any feed that you listen to your podcast on. It's called Civics 101. They did an episode about crime and crime data. It's like 20 minutes. It ain't a homework assignment, but if you care to listen, this is where I'm quoting the information from. They were talking about fear mongering and crime and how during election cycles, it's revved up more. So you have, I don't want to get too deep in it because this ain't what we're talking about, but you have these two schools of thought. Now during election spice, during election cycles, especially since the economy is down, the current president is going to be blamed for that. However, his rebuttal to that is crime is worse than it ever has been. And I'm going to be able to do something about that. That's it, all it is, in my opinion, as far as it being in the media more and us having social media and we're able to have access to more local stuff like you didn't know the local news in indianapolis if you was growing up in nashville like where are you going to get it from now i can just pull it up on my phone so while i do understand what you're saying because you have kids and i don't so i wouldn't understand i wouldn't even pretend to understand maybe i would feel differently if i did have kids however there is a certain fear-mongering aspect to it as to where it ain't as dangerous as people try to let on it be and when they try to pass laws like, oh, well, you got to be in the house at 7 p.m. now, they'll use this fear mongering tactic to say, hey, look at what's happening. But who? But I just couldn't subject. I couldn't subject a 16 year old or 70 year old black boy has his driver's license in the summer in Atlanta to have to be in the house at 7 p.m., bro. Like it's more good guys than it is bad guys. So now you're forcing the good guys to have to have interactions with police because, oh, it's suspected. Maybe I just turned 18 yesterday. Now I get pulled over. He want to see my license. So I'm in this open air place. And you think I ain't supposed to be here because I look young. Now I got to have an unnecessary interaction with a police because they pass this bullshit law to have all kids in the house by 7 p.m. I get what you're saying as far as the safety aspect of it. But we have to take more onus as people and not expect the government to protect us and say well have your kids in the house at seven because all again that that's going to do is increase interactions that you don't want to have with police but the thing is bro we don't have enough unity to protect us so we do still so but it has to start somewhere though like you can't so this is a part of that hide people in the house at seven o'clock bro that ain't gonna solve no problems because the people that break does solve some problems some problems the people that break the rules are going to break the rules anyway. Okay, like but if, if they if break the my rules, home, like, I'm not available been, for you to do that. <laughs> okay, but they still going to be killing each other, bro. Well, we still niggas outside. In, uh, that, but ah, but see, this is my ain't... son. This is my daughter. Like this is what I I think you keep missing, bro. So you're you're putting you yourself would, in the youthful spot instead of looking at it from a parental from space. a parent standpoint. That's what I'm saying. Like if and if you could put yourself there metaphorically, if you were a father and you had a 11 year old or 12 year old at this point, it's like I, if you think about yourself. Like okay, as Spike Lou, I was a mature at 16 i'm mature i i'm mm-hmm. able to handle myself i got my license i'm able to do this stuff but like the time that spike was 16 and the time that that's just metaphor spike jr or your son or your daughter metaphorically was out there we not in them same times yeah we got more information but it we got a lot it, it, it's a lot more creeps it's a lot more influences that cause people to be a certain way so when you're saying like oh well put, keep them out seven so if i gotta have you in the house so what Sit your young ass down. Let's do some homework. Sit your young ass down. Let's have some family time. Like that. What? What's the? What's the problem with that curfew? I don't uh, see what because, the problem is. Because kids are not. You know, I attribute, like kids. you said, I was 
you said I was cultured or whatever it may be. And I'm looking at this from the perspective of how I was raised. Now, should there have been times that I should have been in the house seven? Of course, you can't live a perfect life. However, I I never had a curfew as a child. Now, there were certain expectations. No I couldn't stay out. Nah, like see, my mom was at see, work, bro. See, and they got something to do with it. Like you said, I wouldn't put the handcuffs on my child and be like, "Well, you got to be in at seven. I get what you're saying. If I okay. had a child, maybe it would be different. Okay, but I would raise my child the same way. I raised you to know how to handle yourself in certain situations. If shit get crazy, call me. But I'm not gonna make you come in the house at seven o'clock because I wouldn't raise that way. And right. I came out okay. I, I ain't perfect, but I, I came and, out okay. And, 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 and I get the way you raised because I, I, I got that too. Like I take pieces from how my mom raised me and I pour that into our yeah. daughter. However, there's certain portions where I have to go back. Even my mom might look at me weird. Like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, Ma, this ain't the time when you was raising me. Like, we in a it's different my child. Nigga. Well, that, <laughs> that too, Cosby's but, episode. <laughs> Cosby's a, it's my, it's my kid. It's my kid, nigga. But but at the <laughs> same time, it's not only just that, it's just it's like there's a few dynamics she's the only child mom when you had us we were back to back to back so but even that it's like what worked for you don't mean that you say oh because it's not broke don't fix it it may not be something that is not broken in this time period as time goes on you have to progress with the methods so it's like the time the time period that we live in is is different and i think that if 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 you were in that position, I think I think how you are now, you're like, eh, I don't, you know, because you you a grown man, like nigga, I can handle myself. If I put myself back in that space, I was mature, I'm good. But if you had a daughter, let's just put in a daughter space, not mm-hmm. not a son, a daughter at the age of twelve, mm-hmm. and she out with her girls and they at the mall or whatever, and they like, hey, you got a curfew. I, do you still feel like you be like, ah, she good, she mature, she got her own work at done. Twelve, yeah. Uh, that's no, that ain't what I said. I didn't say that though. But, I, I hope but that this, come but, the, but that the homeboy, the, the brother that that got killed was twelve. The so twelve year old guy. That's right. that's what I'm saying. So it's like, and I, I have an eight year old. So I'm just like, you put yourself in a space like this is my daughter, nigga. Like, yeah, rules are different for boys and girls. Though. It, it like, is. If I were a child, they would be. My I mean, boy, if, you, if I had like, children, that would be different for me. Yeah, my twelve year old daughter is not going to be able to do the same thing. But even your son, this is the heir. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, it, I, you know, as much as we want to be hard exterior as men when it comes to our offspring of, yeah. of boy, it's like, no, this is my boy. Yeah. This is my baby. You want to protect him. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So, so that's the per- difference in methodology that we're speaking of, though. To In my mind, the protection doesn't come from me in the house and trying to prevent him from running into obstacles. That's life. Like, you have to deal right. with that anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to equip you with the to still... From your the Bible, I'm gonna equip you with the armor of God to be out here and be able to prevent mm-hmm. things that are happening to you. Maybe it's successful, maybe it's not, maybe you take to it, maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be very committed in doing my job as a father to make sure that you're prepared for what happens out here. And mm-hmm. part of that is letting you experience shit. It, I can't hide you in the house at seven o'clock and expect everything to go right. I can't think that, oh, if I have a seven o'clock curfew, that means my son's is gonna be this perfect guy. Like I don't I don't think that way. I think that you have to be out and experiencing life and seeing stuff and talking to people and interacting in order to grow and come across what you need to to be a more complete person. If I try to protect you from that as a parent, as a father, if the world tries to protect you, I have been saying life is going to life. 
Like you can't protect it, it you can't is. protect a motherfucker from life. Like it's gonna life, and but, it ain't easy. But how hard so is it for him to let you have their perception to your child? Hmm? How Very hard. How is it? And how hard is it to let him become eighteen? Boom, you out. That's it. Ah, nah. See, no curfew. That, and, and that's a, that's a misconception though. Like it ain't over when he's eighteen. Well, I'm saying like curfew wise, it's like okay. <laughs> my job as a father I'm doing this and then now mm -hmm. because it takes a village you know that I know that mm -hmm. it takes a village so if they say hey look this is the rule but now however that's only on a public display I don't want police Bitch. telling my kid that they he got to be in the house at 7 bro why I just don't want that because that, now they have more authority it's one more rule my son gotta follow one more interaction that my but son niggas don't follow have the rules police. anyway yeah, the other niggas. I'm raising my son to follow the rules, though. But so niggas, now if he wanted to, but your son probably don't follow. Like if we all, <laughs> we speed. So all the that's time. my point, though. So why would why would a seven o'clock curfew even be a thing? Like it's not even gonna affect the people that you're trying to get it to affect. You're trying to save people. You can't do that with a seven o'clock curfew. That's my whole point. How, how can't you? I, it, it don't I, happen I'm, I guess I'm I'm puzzled that. Cause that I think we talked about this a previous episode where you said it's this thing you have a weird thing with challenging authority. Mm. We talked about oh I remember we talked about it with the situation with Nikki Ducey and, and the young lady. Mm -hmm. So it, it's that weird thing where you said you were saying the officer should have showed his information again. After he already gave her the warning, after he already gave his badge number, but you said he should have gave her grace and did it again. So in a situation mm -hmm. like you say your curfew is seven, you are a minor. Mm -hmm. You're a my You're not an adult. You cannot make adult decisions because you are not an adult. When you turn eighteen, do whatever the f you want. Mm -hmm. Cool, but you're not there today. If you say your curfew seven, cool. Hit your homeboys up, or you could pull up to them in the same neighborhood, or you can hang out with them at their crib. You just can't mm -hmm. be at the mall. You just can't be at the the open spots because it's, it's 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 wild out here right now. Mm -hmm. They can't. They're not gonna come to the neighborhoods. They're not gonna come to the cul-de-sacs. They're not gonna come to the apartments, the, the townhouses. They're not coming there to check curfew. They're only going to the public spots. So they're saying, hey, yo. Hang out with your homeboy at the apartment. Hang out with your homeboy in the the the, the neighborhood or whatever. But out here, y'all gotta be up out of here. I, mm. And I get the personal connection because that wasn't your experience. But I grew up where you got to be in before the house light, which most of us, I mean, not the house light, but the street light. And most of us grew up like that. So it's not that big of a deal, especially when you can hit your. Most of these kids got cell phones. You can hit your homeboy up off rip. It probably ain't gonna even last that long, bro. But if it's like, if this is what we gotta do, I like the fact that they're being active immediately. We don't have a lot of solutions, but right now, this is what we came up with. That's an overreaction. That's it's, okay. It's so overreaction. What, what's a proper even, reaction there? To your point, I give you a proper reaction. To your point, um, you said hang out in the neighborhoods, not in open spaces. That's perfect in a perfect world. You know, police are not like that though. Like police patrol black neighborhoods. So if we're talking about little black kids outside playing past seven, again, it's going to be under the discretion of the officer to wonder if I pull him over and enforce his curfew. 
So now again, it's another interaction that my child has to have with police because they've asserted some different type of authority that wasn't there at first. Now my kid gotta be in a seven, even if they outside playing under the street, like you still have the authority because y'all passed this bullshit law to be able to tell them to go in the house. And it's another interaction again that my kid, I don't want them having with police. Uh, a fix, you asked, an immediate reaction, giving money to inner city programs, give them something to do. Like I used to go to a community center. I used to play football for the community center. There was there was stuff for us to do outside. Like you ain't gotta go in the house. Provide safe spaces. Put the money into these communities where you say they should be hanging. Have people there that can be there with them, for them, teach them stuff. Representation, as we're talking about it in this episode. I don't believe in any type of law to be passed where I got to have more interaction with police. I don't think that I don't think that bigger government ever. Is solving a problem but if you're telling me hey we will provide money for you guys to fix this within your community have more centers have more programs provide free lunches provide places to be act after school activities weekend activities summer camps away camps things of that nature grants and loans where it's possible for those things to be able to be done for us and within our community where you don't have to jump through hoops to get grants and things of that nature that's a more realistic option now i'm putting you in front of kids letting you be able to talk to them i don't want my kid cramped up in the house at 7 p.m bro and then if they outside risk having to deal with police i don't want my kid to have any interactions with police and i know that's not possible however when you start passing more and more laws to where they can be more and more strict you increase those chances and we know how that ends up little niggas die when they run into police so I get what you're saying from a perspective of, hey, Lou, you ain't got kids. You may feel differently when this happens. You're absolutely right. I may. But speaking from the perspective now, I think that there's a lot more that could be done that would be more effective as far as representation. Swinging it back around. Yeah, I, I, I agree with I like what I like that presentation, too. I do think that this is the immediate response, though. I don't think it's an overreaction. I think that you do this first. You, it doesn't have to last long. You can just say for right now, this is what we're doing. We're gonna ride this out for two, three weeks. Then we're gonna go ahead and maybe implement the spike plan. We're gonna, you know, start trying to fund these things. But the, the biggest thing is for these single moms, we gotta be able to get our boys to actually go <laughs> to these places. You know what I mean? So I agree with that plan. I like that idea. I just think that on an immediate response. I'm here. If if it's mm -hmm. like, oh, y'all doing too much. I ain't providing grace, but it keeps my child alive. Like we talked about, we only got ten more times to see them. Fifteen more. Like I'm here for it. So yeah. I get it. But I, I want to say rest in peace. And I I, I hate that Absolutely, for that mother. Man. I hate that for that mother lost her twelve year old son. Yeah, Hang, <clears throat> hanging out with the wrong, you know, just the wrong crowd, and she did the best she could. And, I, and my question is just, again, just like where where's the father? I mean, this is a, I'm tired of this. He was a black child. I'm just tired of this reoccurring narrative of these these trash black men that leave their kids. Like my sister has the same experience. Like my little nephew, that that's my boy. Like when I went back these past two times in the last week. For the funeral and visiting Like I just hold him I kiss him on the head I'm like that's my boy He's mine Like that's my guy You know what I'm saying And it's just It sucks It's like You supposed to be there So it's just I always had that question Like black man Why are you not there For your child Like a lot of y'all Grew up without y'all pop Like be there 
Don't even think that oh, I don't got nothing to offer. I ain't I ain't finished school. I didn't I didn't get myself together. I don't know what to tell them. I don't know what to say. Who cares? Just be there, dude. The rest will come to you. Just be there, man. Like there is no rule book to parenting, bro. I'm still learning. Just be there, man. That young boy could have flourished and possibly be still alive if he had just his pop around to try to help him in some kind of capacity, man. So, man, you know, rest in peace to that that young boy. I hope everything Definitely. works out for that, that 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 family, man. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Moving on to the topic of, and absolute rest in peace to him and speaking more to the topic of representation before we get into some other specifics <clears throat> there's a big thing about representation going on right now in the sports world mode with Deion Sanders you're familiar with Deion Sanders right <laughs> I had to check with you on sports bro if you do this one more time <laughs> I just want to make sure man I know you don't watch bro, sports I will tell you this dude I, I've listened back to some of so I'm like bro I, t- I laid this whole thing out on our sports episode <laughs> Flag on the play. That's the episode. I told okay. you, like, bro, I was an active. Uh, gotcha. I just wanted to make sure you knew who Dion was. Yeah. Like, so, unless you talk about, like, super, super new, like, on the draft, like, football, NBA, like, as of, like, yeah. this year's I'm joking. draft. I know you know who he is. I, I would like this so. guy. But yeah, He's a martyr. Know. He's a martyr in black sports. Martyr. So, yeah, absolutely. He went to an HBCU, Jackson State, to get his coaching feet up under him i'm going to explain this scenario to you i want to know what you think as an outsider of the sports world so jackson state was the only school that was open to hiring Dion because his lack of experience lack of representation in the coaching world he hasn't had any head coaching jobs on a high collegiate or nfl level so he wanted to coach at a big program all the big programs like nah bro we don't know if you can do this okay that turned into a job at Jackson State, an HBCU. What Dion said going into this job at the HBCU is he wants to change the perspective. He wants the HBCUs in the national conversation with the Alabamas and the big PWI colleges, right? So he's been there. He's undefeated this season. His son plays quarterback. He's having a great year. The profile for Jackson State and HBCU football has tremendously increased over the last three years that he's been there. So naturally, bigger programs now want to give him a shot. One being Colorado, another one being the University of Central Florida. Came up in my sports group chat that I do over at Dead End. Y'all check that out on YouTube on Tuesdays. Came up in the sports group chat. They were giving Dion a hard time, Mo. Whole group chat, I was the only one defending him. They were calling him a sellout if he leaves Jackson State and takes this job at Colorado because they said his pitch was to change the landscape of HBCU football. And he hasn't really done that in three years. What say you as an outsider? Do you think him taking a better opportunity at a PWI school naturally for more money would be selling out? Or do you think that's natural progression in his career path as a football coach? What was it? What was it? What was his his pitch coming in to Jackson State? Yeah, his pitch coming into Jackson State was I can't get the opportunity at big colleges. No, like he went to Florida State, one of the biggest football schools in PWI. So um, has a name there. 
he hadn't ever really coached again at a high collegiate level so his pitch was okay i gotta go fuck with my people for them to give me an opportunity i'm gonna bring the prime time profile i'm gonna make sure y'all are talking about jackson state football now since i gotta go do it at hbcu i'm gonna show you pwis what i could have been doing for your schools mm-hmm. and again they won the um, hbcu national championship last year for the black colleges this year they got the number one recruit in the country went to an hbcu um and his pitch overall was i'm going to increase the profile I'm gonna make sure the HBCU. I'm gonna period. I'm gonna make sure the HBCUs are in the mainstream conversation. Okay, but see, we can't just say period because it's two different things. Mm -hmm. Are we talking about Dion's profile? We're talking about Dion in regards to the HBCU profile because I know I've heard him speak on I Am Athlete Mm -hmm. about this. What did he say there? What he what you take from that? Well, he he was just speaking on like, hey, look, I want to bring more attention here because he was going back and forth with Shannon. What is it, Shannon Crowder? Shannon Crowder. Yeah, Shannon oh. Crowder. And uh, <coughs> he was going back and forth with him about how good his players was, and then you know Shannon Crowder was just saying like, your players not better than such and such and these teams, and so he was going back and forth. But that he was like, this is not what it's about. This is what it's about. So. My thing is, we've spoke about this before on another week in the books, but if his intention is to bring more light to HBCUs, stay on the path, brother. Stay on the path. Like, cook. But if, you're in, if your intentions was always to be like, yo, this is about Dion, and I want to show everybody that I got a, I got a second leg into football by being a coach, that's different. That's why I asked, what was your intention? Now, if your intention has changed, then I think you should speak to that. Then say, hey, my mind has changed. I came in saying this, but now I think I want to do these things. Then mm. you can't call him a sellout because you're saying I changed my mind, which is perfectly human. But if you come in saying my intent was to put HBCUs on the map, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm kind of thinking about some of these PWIs, predominantly white institutions for those that don't know then I have to start looking at you with a with a side eye I have to because you never stated that that was a part of your intent why go to a PWI when you said you want to highlight HBCUs so it's not about them it's about you oh so you the star yeah I think he is the star and I don't see no problem with that what, what, but, uh, what, what, what's it? So, what do you think his attention was? I don't think it matters. I think that we get caught up in this thing as black people of trying to hold people to too high of a standards. I call it the Barack Obama effect. We want niggas to be perfect in order for them to, to be able to represent and have to move every way perfect so we won't criticize them. And it's just not the case. I don't think that he has to give us a news flash if his intent changed. I don't care if it was promote HBCUs or Deion Sanders I think that he's accomplished both and I think that people questioning him goes to representation of us really not seeing each other in those spaces and not respecting each other in those spaces Mm. and I say that from the stem of white coaches do this shit all the time they leave players hanging like uh, they'll go to a house one day and the next day excuse me they'll go to a house one day tell a player I'm gonna be here 
tell the mom I'm gonna be here for four years, send your son to come play with me, and they'll take a job the next day. Like this happens all the time in college football. But some kind of way or another, we put the responsibility on Dion to change the whole perspective of HBCUs. Whether he said that or not, even throwing the responsibility on him and being cool with that, for me is unacceptable. Like he don't have to do it by himself. And I feel like turning down a career opportunity, which is natural in your in this industry, this is natural what you're doing. Start at one place, you take the next job, you take the next job, you take the next job, you continue to move up. He's a football coach. That's what he does. He's not a, a civil rights leader. And I think that black people are under this impression that all oh, to be effective and to do what he said he gonna do, he got to stay down there for 20, 25 years. Like we get, we have this trauma bond that we have. Like, like he gotta suffer and go through this for us to really give him the the just do of what he was supposed to do. Cause you know he left these people hanging, man. He said he's gonna be down here 25 years. Bro. Who cares if he left and took a better job? Bro. That's what you do in this industry. Well, we get tired of people lying to us, dude. Who did he lie to? Well, here's what I'm saying. This is why we get tired of people lying to us because when we support, it takes a lot for a black person to support. Because when we support, we made ourselves vulnerable. We are exposed, ass out. And then when you flip on us, there's a subtle level of embarrassment, regardless if it doesn't necessarily affect your day to day, but there's an internal feeling of knowing like, damn, I believed in the nigga like a Kanye or I believed in the nigga like a, and they flipped on me. What does that say about me? So when I say that about Dion, I'm not saying he lied, but if you said that was your intent, bro, we are behind you, we with you, grow. If you say, hey, I'm going from here to another HBCU, all right, cool, I'm moving here, I'm going to another program, cool. But when you say, oh, I'm going to another PD, well, what, what? What were you selling us on? Because we're so used to politicians doing this. Yes, Dion's not a civil rights movement. He's not a civil rights leader. But if you're saying you're trying to do this for us, don't cap. Like, that's it. We get tired of people that are famous capping. We get tired of it, bro. Like, we just supposed to just keep taking, like, we already got people on the day-to-day lying to us. We go to work, niggas is lying. We got family that be lying. We got famous people that be lying. People in the music be lying. So when we finally get invested in a person like a Dion and you see these interviews over and over, you start like, all right, I don't know. But as he keeps talking and you find like, all right, you know what? I kind of believe nigga. Do you be like, you know what? I'm behind it. And then you flip on us. It's like, bro. You know, I wonder with that, with what you say as to why do people skew that way, especially our people? Why is it all he lied to us, all he left us hanging? Versus, oh man, he's taking a better opportunity. He deserves that. He earned that. That man been down there in the trenches for three years. He put this school on the map, got the number one recruit to come to the school. I said I, I was going to increase the profile of an HBCU. I've done that. But now niggas want me to stick around, suffer some more, not take the job that I feel like I deserve for what? Culture? Representation? So I won't, so niggas don't call me a liar. Like what? What's the overall goal? At what point would a nigga be pleased with what he did? I think if he just says, "Wow, who who are you? You're not in his immediate family. Why does he owe you an explanation? I'm doing what's best for me and my okay. family." Well, 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 like well, Jay Z well, said well. at one point in time, "I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. I can make sure that Jackson State got a nice football coach coming up 
I've increased the profile. I've even shown more coaches that this can be done. So now people see that I, Deion Sanders, started here with no coaching experience, and I privy that into a top five or big five power conference job. You can do it too. You don't have to look down on an HBCU and think that you'll be here for 10 or 15 years or think that it's a sentence to, uh, man, if I go coach at HBCU, I'm going to be in this circuit forever. No, Dion did it so I can do it. I don't got to be here for 25, 30 years suffering through something just so people will be impressed. I'm not saying that, but I think that if you if you're going to come into that and you say, hey, I'm going to make that move, then just talk to us, brother. You don't, don't you, you say that, you man. you say you don't owe us. But we gotta that, nah, but we gotta stop being like that, bro. Because here's why. You said, oh, the white man, he'll just drop off and do that. But guess what? When push comes to shove and white people are against everybody, they gonna unify. When Chinese yeah, no, 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 but when push comes to shove and Chinese people get put in a box in a corner, and if everybody coming at them, they gonna unify. Mm-hmm. When when it comes to Mexican and Hispanic, when a push comes to shove and everybody wanna come at them and build a wall all that, they gonna unify. But with us black people, when push come to shove and everybody in my everybody on their own. Everybody for themselves. So it's not the same for us as it is for them. So that's why I think it's more necessary. We're trying to start to get on that program, but in a better way. So I think that it is necessary. I don't think you I think it's fine. Go go for what you go. I just think that just talk to us and say, you know, yo, look. I don't of course he don't owe us. And at the end of the day, I'm not gonna lose no sleep over it if he do or don't explain. But I think that if you really have love for us and you really respect those who have backed you in whatever form, rather it's the views to to help create, you know, revenue because of the views of watching these HBC, HBCU games or buying merch or whatever it is that could help propel Jackson State forward just have a conference to just explain to us forget everybody else because i know us black people on the same time while we're hard judges we're very forgiving we're very forgiving so it's like you say hey yo look this is what's going on i want to continue to create this this is what i'm doing i want to continue to move up i want to eventually be a black coach of the nfl i want to eventually own a team whatever his ambitions are like okay we follow you we got you just provide us context we ain't gonna hate you regardless but i think that we gotta start feeling the need to we don't have to explain to nobody but we should explain to our people regardless i think we should do that now if they don't agree still that's on you but i feel like we gotta start taking the time out to do that because our people have been through a different experience than everybody other race every ethnicity so we should take we should have enough love for our people to say you know what i don't have to do it but I love us so much because of what we've been through and our personal issues that I'm going to give you this, though I don't owe you. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. I think we got to start doing that, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. I think he's been very clear. What did he say? Which is in his, he wants to be a coach. Like he want to be a football coach. And I, NFL I have start, coach? I don't know if that's how far he want to take it. Um, but I, I do think that holding a press conference and having, I, though I understand what you're saying, our experience as black people is different. However, putting a lot of onus on people like Deion Sanders is how you get in Kanye West situations. Motherfuckers got too much respect and, and trust for you. Not to say that Deion Sanders would ever do that, but just 
us hanging on every move of people in those celebrity positions is part of the problem. Like I don't need. I, I feel like Dion can operate just like any other coach would. Like it ain't got to be prefaced by oh he's a black coach and had to go through this experience. I think that holds him back. Like I don't feel like that he should have to stay in this position for black people. That shouldn't be. That onus shouldn't be on him. That's too much, in my opinion. Now he might have signed up for that. He may ask for that or want that, and that's cool. I just think that that's too much. He should be able to move freely in his career, and that should and what he's done to date. Like he it ain't it hasn't been a failure. What he said he'd do as far as increasing the profile, the number one recruit in America, again, went there. Like, he's done that. I've seen ESPN's flagship college football show come there. I don't know if they've been to an HBCU before. That was the first time that that happened this year. Like, the eyes have been there. Even us having this conversation about, I wonder, will he stay or go? Who the next coach would be at Howard? How would Dion even fares past this? That's a lot more exposure than HBCUs have had before he got there. So I feel like that he's at, he's done his job just by being Deion Sanders and, and being there. I don't think that he owes an explanation or an exit interview on the way out if he wants to do what's standard in his industry and let's take a better job. However, representation <laughs> is good. Representation is good, man. It would be good to see him too be there for a long time, similar to Eddie Robinson. I wanted you to lead us in this representation talks because I know you had a lot of different ways you wanted to take it. I see on the dock here, so I'm gonna yeah. let you throw out some of the representation stuff, and I'm gonna respond to you. Yeah, I, um, I actually have representation, victim, victimization, and segregation. So. I kind of added some additions to it because I feel like they they kind of coexist. I'm not saying that you can't speak to one without the other, but I think that they all kind of coexist. And so, with that being said, I want to add that the main theme is representation. However, I think victimization and segregation is a part of where I want to take it here. Um, but just as I put a bow on Dion. Spike is right. He don't owe us. You know, anybody that has been successful, they don't necessarily owe us. But a lot of times, us black people, like, we do support us and we do play a heavy part in the success. And I think it's necessary, you know, to, you know, just do that. Like, I don't know how many times I've talked to family members where I've told them something, but I felt the need. I'm like, look, I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to act like I'm going to act as if I never said this, but I'm going to say it again because I love you so much. And I think that we if we had that type of love for uh, black people, I think that even though I've said it, let me say it again. You know what I mean? So but nonetheless, shout out to Deion Sanders, man. Um, as we move through, it, there was a couple of things that I wanted to kind of get off my chest. I'm trying to kind of <coughs> add to the show here. One of the things that has just been on my mind. We talk about representation. So, Spike, I wanted to ask these just kind of some quick hits here. Do you consider biracial as representation? And I do mean those that are mixed with black. No. Wow. Why? I mean, let's say dad black. Hmm? I, I, if they dad is black. What does that mean? I think you could. I, aren't you more so consider what you. I'm saying like the, the the product, the kid, like right. Wait, are you asking me? Do I consider mixed kids black? Do you consider that as representation for black people? Of black people, like <laughs> Barack Obama? 
Like a Barack Obama or like a Drake or like a J. Cole. Or... I don't. I don't. Why? Well, I mean, I guess a lot of it depends on your experience. So, so, so I got to hear this. So, so why you say no? It's not representation. Do you think <laughs> I'm going to get killed for this? Do you think Barack Obama is an accurate representation of you as a black man and how you came up in America? Yeah, it was appetizing. Would you say so? It was appetizing. An appetizing. It was appetizing. <laughs> what does that mean? It, it what does mean, that mean? It means it, 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 it was a sampler. Uh-huh. Like, it, yeah, if you go to Applebee's, you got you know you got a little wing here, a little you know your little cheese stick here, a little quesadilla here. Well, but it, but to, it wasn't. To, <laughs> it was to use your theme, then yeah, they like boneless wings. They like boneless, like boneless wings. wings. Yeah, exactly, exactly, boneless wings, bro. Nuggets, yeah, over glamorized nuggets. Yeah, but no, I mean, I just don't. There's some scenarios and situations where it can be yes because of how they were brought up. Maybe they had a more black experience, but some no. Like I wouldn't consider Barack a accurate representation of a black man in America. Is because he's biracial? Or it, so how much? How much? That played into it. How much? Grew, I mean, he grew up in Hawaii. Like, but right? how much contingency is, is it? How much contingency is it on the biracial versus the experience? More is on the experience Cause I wouldn't be okay. Negative I grew up with Mixed people that More niggas Than You're both like, of us I forgot you was Half white low key Yeah yeah I didn't grew up With something like I got a cousin Like that actually You know what I'm saying Like I got <laughs> A whole side of the family I like just thought that, you but, Was light skinned nigga like. Yeah like They, they just light skinned niggas <laughs> Yeah <laughs> But some of them know uh, So I, I guess it depends On the experience okay. More so Not man. just necessarily The background right? Okay mm-hmm. um, What say you I guess I kind of agree with you. I tell you what really burns my soul, though. Mm-hmm. It's not a biracial thing. And if y'all hear this and y'all don't like it, I don't. I really don't care, bro. Free speech. Mm-hmm. But like this, what really burns my soul? Like when a brother marries a white woman, and he wants to be like the extra pro-black. Shut your ass up. <laughs> Shut your ass up. Like Can't help that, who you love, man. Huh? No, no, no. Can't you're right. You you're absolutely love. right. But shut your ass up. That's it. That's fine. That's it. That's it. Like you're not. You, that's not your role. Mm. You 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 sit over here and you can ghostwrite some stuff. So I can't be pro black if I marry a white woman. Facts. No 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 no. You can be pro black. You're just not you just the can't spoke, be out over You're not the spokes. You're not the spokesperson. Sit your, <laughs> sit your ass down. Like that. That's it. You know what I mean? I hate when I see niggas. They want those be the people that want to go the hardest. I'm like, bro, you have a complex that you can't begin to figure out. Though that irks me the most, bro. Like, and when I see that, I'm like, shit, your ass. I don't want to hear nothing. When I find that out, I don't hear nothing you saying. The only person that kind of had me teetering a little bit was Amari Hardwick, Ghost from Power. For those that don't know, uh, he got a white wife. Yes, I don't know what race she is. She's something. Uh, she ain't black. She ain't black. But but he he was going into it or whatever. I still listen to the interview, but yeah, and you know Tay Diggs has dealt with a lot of scrutiny over the years. I mean, he's not married to her no more. But but I, I, again, you love who you love. Yeah, like see, this is not a discrimination. I to, see Tay Diggs doing some unexcusable shit, like the dance and shit that he was doing online. Did you see that this week? Nah, but he with the black girl, the young black chick now, April Jones. Yeah, she kind of heat though. 
I don't know nothing about that. My mom actually told me about that. I was like, what? April Jones? You don't know who Yeah, when she was up for my birthday. I know who that is. It's somebody. It's Omarion, baby mama. But that's the reason that I know. She was like, did you know such and such dating? I had to find out who April Jones was. I didn't know before this past weekend. No, I didn't. All right. Okay. What was next? So, continue that on. Do you ever think the non black side ever works to the advantage if they if they look black like if somebody's biracial mm-hmm. but they're biracial they look black but they're mixed with white or they're mixed with asian or they're mixed with mm-hmm. german or they're mixed with philippine do you ever think it could still work in their advantage though they have a blacker tone yeah but i think because if you are familiar with the other side because you get exposed to other cultures it's always impressive to me when black you know when we look like you said black and you can switch it up and speak spanish or some shit like that like yeah i think that that's that's a, a, a good appeal and it works when you're able to switch it and if you grew up in that culture and you're able mm. to you know know some of the practices and things that do maybe speak a different language yeah i do because you get that all the time in New York, right? Like you had the Puerto Ricans that look black, maybe black and Puerto Rican, Fat Joe like that shit. I think it works to his advantage. Fat Joe definitely get that off. Yeah. He's able to be black but still be Puerto Rican and have that side of him too that he can speak Spanish and shit and have his Spanish homeboy. So, yeah, I think it works. Hey, on the sidebar, bro, do you remember when DJ Khaled first came out and he used to be saying nigga? Are you serious? Yo. Yo, what are you talking about? Like the first album or something? Like, bro, back like in the, the first, I'm so hood. The, yeah, I'm so bro, hood. Bro, yes, yes. This nigga was like, bro. Those that are listening, like Big Jeff, know if he listened, he know what I'm talking about. <coughs> Cali, we didn't know what this nigga was. We looked at the name Cali. We was like, what is that? This nigga be like, I'm talking. I to always you. thought he was Muslim or something like that. Yeah, but he was. I'm talking to you, nigga, bitch, ass. Like, bro, yeah, right. I, no cap. No, I've never seen no that. No cap, bro. I've never seen that. Oh, you nigga. Like, he was saying, nigga, I, I, I have a theory that Rick Ross had a conversation with Callie at some point and told him, like, you can't say nigga. And he stopped saying nigga. But this, he was talking about, oh, you nigga, bitch. Ah. Like, he was going crazy on the nigga, bro. And I found out he was Pakistani. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. How did we let this nigga get off in the culture? That's probably why I don't like him that much now. Um, That's <laughs> anyway. Funny. I didn't anyway. know that. I didn't. Yeah, know bro. That. I can't believe y'all don't know that. Like them early Cali joints. Uh, another thought that's been on my mind this week: Kanye West. Uh, I I just wanted. To, it ain't got to be long here, but I just I just wanted to. Um, I kind of want to walk back some things, man. I. I what. Yeah. Walk back some criticisms or some criticisms. Praise? Some criticisms. Oh, it's not man. so much praises. Uh you, wait, 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 wait. You did hear what he said today, right? Are you uh, from you up Hitler, to date the, with the, the Hitler, most recent the Hitler comedy, stuff? Yeah. I didn't yeah. really get into it and to be honest. Well, let me just talk about the walk back. Okay. If Kanye ever comes across this podcast or somebody fan or whatever, I've had time to really sit on sit on this thought. And I haven't done I haven't done a true service to him as a black man 
going through what he's going through. I watched the video today. It wasn't. It was some video. Some guy was recording him. He was in, it looked like he was in his factory. He was kind of talking about Adidas and the deal. He had clothes laid down, kind of on the ground. He talked about how a tweet lost him all his deals or whatever. He was talking about something like that. But what kind of hit my heart a little bit was just like they know that they can't physically kill him because I do believe in those like conspiracies with like how they and they're. I don't know if you've seen about the the, the, the Asian dude with Bitcoin. I don't know if you've seen that news. Yeah, we'll talk about the that. Asian dude. Yeah. I oh, think go ahead. Like, wait. But that's another that's another subject. And people, I looked at the comments and they was like straight up like, yeah, you know that y'all know what that was. But Kanye, they know that they can't get him out of here, so they metaphorically kill him. If we kill his speech, if we kill the exposure out of sight out of mind whatever so i when i was looking at the video i'm like who is this nigga like some nigga recording kanye on the phone like i was like so i just was like damn and i was just like man i've subscribed to what they tried to sell me on with kanye Mm. now mind you i'm not really the biggest fan at this point but i know you spoke and you wasn't really defending them but you just kind of put it in 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 context of there's some things that make sense, some things that you might not agree with, but he's still a black man. And it kind of resonated with me today where I was just like, you know what? I haven't done him a true service. I've jumped on the wave of the Charles Barkley's and Shaq's of the world just by the headlines. Kanye doesn't. Uh, Kanye uh, uh, says slavery is a choice. Kanye loves Hitler. Kanye loves Trump. Kanye this. It's like, bro, but I haven't truly listened to the brother. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm so frustrated with the headlines. And so I want to walk back my Kanye doesn't care about black people. I can't say that he doesn't care about black people. I'm not going to say he's a fan, but as I'm mature, maturing as a man and as I'm maturing as a Christian man, I I can't I can't put him down like that. Cause there there's white men that they let they put out an Elvis movie and he got pedophilia action that is known. Like people know he messed with underage girls and they still put out a biopic. But they treating Kanye like so with that being said. It made me have to think about some things. So I'm walking back. He doesn't care about black people. And I'm walking back that the feelings that I had towards him. I'm not saying I agree with him still. However, I'm betting on black still. And y'all can take what I want from that. Yeah, the headlines are a little misleading. Um, even today, I don't I don't want to even get into what he talked about and said because that's a hot button topic. Um I think it's hard. I ain't gonna say that. I feel like the, he's he's working through a lot, yeah. and it ain't a lot of people that are able to provide him with information on the level that he's at. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like that a nigga like him can't he can't call Jay Z every day and ask him for advice, right? And there's only so many people that are equipped to get. Like I feel like everybody thinks that they can tell Kanye West how to do this shit, and they can't. That's where you get niggas like Mark Lamont Hill and all of these Charles Barkley's and they so quick to criticize him. But like you said, I think you, I want to commend you for coming to that place. 
Like you don't know We don't know what that man going through And we're not allowing him any grace And I'm not excusing anything And he's made a plethora of mistakes Mm -hmm. However I do wonder Again like And I can say this just from my standpoint And I'm nowhere near as accomplished as Kanye West Mm -hmm. But sometimes even where you are in life man, You don't have anybody that you feel like that relates to you Or that fully understands your vision and what you're trying to do so if you don't feel that you have anybody like it, you don't really have a good download of information from anyway. You're trying to figure that shit out yourself. Mm-hmm. And with him, he seems very manic. I'm not sure if it's a medical condition or if he's on some drugs or something, but he just seems like very rapid, very manic. Mind never stops. Mm-hmm. And when your mind like that, it's a lot of shit that you try to cipher through and figure out what's right and what's wrong. Who's trying to get over you? Who ain't? Who's really invested in your best interest and who's not? Like I'm sure that a lot of that, that shit is I'm sure is a lot Cause uh, even we deal with these On an everyday basis In our yeah. jobs and shit And we try to figure that shit out So imagine doing that shit On a billion dollar scale mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I Again I afford him some grace Man I was really I used to be real Anti-Kanye When he used to do the rants And mm-hmm. When he was talking about Sway Wow you ain't got the answers I thought that was really disrespectful Because again He's double back Like he said Sway was right but that just shows to the point of what you're talking about. He moving so fast, going so quick, got so many yeah. people telling him so many different things. It's a nigga right here in your face mm-hmm. with your best interest in in mind. We got it documented, but you so all the way over there with it. Mm-hmm. You can't even take the time out to understand that he right. Here we are 15 years later, you come to the conclusion that all he was telling me correctly. I think he still deal with that shit today. Yeah. Like he ain't got nobody giving him good advice, man. Yeah, we know. see that day. We see that today with him going on Alex Jones. Yeah. Like ain't nobody came to him and been like, bro, like what? What the fuck are you doing? And if and it I, is a nigga that can do that to him, he probably don't respect him because that dude ain't a billionaire. We heard yeah, him talking to yeah, whoever yeah, that was. Exactly. Man, you ain't got a billion dollars. How you gonna yeah. give me advice? And I and I think that and what was, happens from that, he ain't got a nigga real enough around him to smack the shit out of him when he yeah, said that. Because you, 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 it was a false. Yeah, like you got me fucked up, bro. Like boom, now, 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 what you gonna do? That and hit you in your jaw because yeah. you told me, bro, what <laughs> not? He ain't got nobody like that around him, and yeah. he need that. Yeah, and, and, and it's a false equivalent. And I, I was listening to. Uh, Spears and Steinberg uh, podcast, and they kind of talked about that basically. Where you put you was challenging basically all these people, and they said, Okay, you want to challenge us now? This is what we're gonna do. So, this is the repercussions of those statements that were made and those people that were in control. But I think that I've seen something where he spoke about his mother and talked about. You know, he really kept it real about like the sacrifices. You know, he he said it like I sacrificed my mother, like. And I was just like, damn. He talked about other people. Like, you think that that just coincidentally happened? And he kind of went into it, but he just said it straight up. And this was recent. This wasn't like no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what he was talking about. They sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I seen, I just but the the look in his eyes, bro. When I looked at in Kanye's eyes on that video, it hit my heart so different. I was like, all right, bro. I can't be a part of the. I can't be a part of part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution, man. Like. You know, so that's the that's the power of this podcast, man. That is the the power of this podcast is growth, black men growing. This is what we're here to do, man. We're here to to you know grow, and it's okay to go back and say I was wrong, or you say you know what, you know what I, I I didn't catch, I didn't have it right at that moment, or I was jealous, or my feelings was hurt, or I was being sensitive. It's okay to walk some stuff back, man. 
So I just wanted to walk yes. that back. Uh, that's I'm gonna let that be the last of my thoughts this week. I just wanted to bring that to the forefront because I I had to you I got to use this platform responsibly, Spike. So I I just had to put that on wax, bro. That's big of you. Yeah, man. So uh, what we got next on our representation and segregation and card victimization. here? <laughs> victimization. Man. Yeah. So. Spike, I want to start off by saying, how do you feel about representation? Is it important on a mainstream level, or are you fine with it being in a local sense? What do you mean by local sense? I read that and didn't really get that. So, do you like? So we will we we'll get on the, the case like, oh, we need representation. We need representation. Most, but most times we're referring to a mainstream level. We need to see more mm-hmm. black people in these movies, these films. We need more black people mm-hmm. on these oh, radio okay, yeah. in the country stations. We need more black people on the golf course or this this uh, this baseball or whatever. But sometimes it's like, no, there's representation everywhere. Like like for people that's in Atlanta, they might be like, bro. I, nigga, I got representation at the business office. I see representation at the real estate. I see representation of us here. So, do you think it's 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 important on a mainstream level, or it's like I laughed when you said that because my cousin came down here over the weekend for my birthday and my mom. <laughs> this is a direct quote when she said, "She said." I don't know about Atlanta. Being in Atlanta is cool and all, and like the black thing, but it's like everywhere you go, it's all black people. Like I'm tired. Low key though, nah, I, I'm like that. I don't, I don't want to be around too many black people. I'm not like that, man. I don't even get how y'all come to that, dog. I love uh, black people and being around us, nah, man. I mean, like that, I, I that's why I moved here. So I laughed when she said that, and it's funny that you agree. But I understood what she meant because she went to the New Jack City play with me, hmm. and it was. It was a nigga event. It was this was niggered out. It was like a Tyler Perry. <laughs> Wakanda. It was like a Tyler Perry play on steroids. Yeah, he was even. He was yeah Wakanda. But uh, one of her things was like it's just all black people yeah, everywhere. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I love that though. So to answer your question, man, both of them are very important. One for the twelve year old that we were talking about, right? Like there needs to be someone that can directly get their hands on him and show him, like, look, bro. You can buy a Bentley from having a a regular corporate job. That's possible. Like you don't have to be a rapper. You ain't gotta be an athlete to be successful and have things. I can show you this shit. I can pull up in the hood in my nice car in the night in nice clothes. I can still rock J's and shit. And I ain't wrote a rap bar. You don't see me on TV. I don't do none of that. Like kids need to see that to know that that's possible. And also, on a larger scale, from a representation, absolutely. I'm always. Nikki Ducey and I talk about this a lot because we talk about TV a lot. He always, uh, you, I think we've talked about this too. The lack of representation of just normal black guys pisses me off yes. in Hollywood. Like just normal, bro. Like he ain't a rapper. He ain't an aspiring rapper. He ain't a drug dealer. He ain't an athlete. Like just ain't a gangster. And and like just regular, working, successful black dude. Like you when's the last have? time you saw that on TV? Donald Glover. Not even him, but that, but that, and he, but that's I would have said that, that trying, and yeah. I would have said that, and I just look a little deeper because I read that article he did in Vanity Fair where he interviewed himself, and he just totally took away the representation aspect oh, I knew, of I, it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like that would have been the closest thing earned on Atlanta. Like you got a regular, weird kind of weird black dude, but even in that sense, that's in the music industry. Yeah, I'm talking about like a job. Oh, like a nigga, maybe a doctor, a lawyer. Like, how often do you just see black 
normal men in those roles and that was one of the critiques that i had about um abbott elementary shout out to brunson and her doing her thing i don't want to take any make any negative comments about the show i did enjoy it i just chose to stop watching it Mm -hmm, after i feel like there was a lack of representation for just normal black men like i feel like she had a slacker there who was the guy who was the sub i feel like she had the underachiever the guy that was the janitor and she got the just complete lazy buffoon the boyfriend who wants to be a rapper like there isn't a just normal successful hey everyday black guy there that kind of do you think that's like an agenda low-key like she dates a white dude that only bothered me when i found out that she dated a white dude so i felt like that that was her perception of all there it is shut your ass up yeah there it is so like, again yeah, that, I mean, yeah that's too much you say yeah that, that, that I, I, ain't gonna, I wouldn't even that's the name i would not yeah i would not have taken that critique any further if she dated a black dude i would have just thought that that was her experience but now it feels like that's more so her perception see but that's what gets me because when you watch raising canaan and the the, the woman that plays raquel she mm-hmm. uh, we talked about this she's married to a white guy but, in real life in real life but but I feel like she operates with the understanding. She's a good representation. Yeah, good. Representation. I, don't, I don't have any problem with that. You're right. That's e- a good. Even Eve, vice versa. Eve. I don't know about Eve. Eve kind of switched it up most. What 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 you saying? What, Which what, I expect her to. I mean, she's married to a billionaire, right? Her husband's like a billionaire, if I'm not mistaken. He is. The rapper, yeah. Like so, I w- I would expect you to switch up a little bit. She ain't Eve. From, she ain't Eve from Philly. Like how you like she ain't that. she ain't giving that yeah she ain't giving that no more at all and I you can't know she tried to come back with that and it was just like nah yeah stop stop nah, bro. like yeah nah, you're, you're like you you you're rich like I hate stop. when people I hate when people like I'm but I'm still no you ain't no 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 you shouldn't be if you yeah. are you losing yeah. like <laughs> some don't come this like Ho said we don't come this far to stay the same my nigga like yeah. I'm dating a billionaire like I'm not gonna be the same person I'm sorry I, it's just it's that weird it's just that weird thing where people think that. You can have both. You can't have both. Like, can't. It's, I'm sorry, stop. you just can't do that. Please man. stop. You can't do. It. Uh, so yeah, lack of rep- representation, man. That's very important because it gives you a download. Like I, I'm still listening to that book that I told you about in one of the earlier episodes, the Psychology of the Mind. Like you don't realize how your subconscious works, man. If you don't see those things happening, you don't have a place, a foundation to draw from. Mm-hmm. Like you have to see those successful black men out there doing stuff that you don't feel like is dangerous or just super like unreachable, like being a rap superstar, an NBA player. Like we need to see normal niggas that have made it or successful providing for their family. Like that needs to be every day. And that works both ways. It works for us and it works for people that perceive us. Like yeah. some people's only interaction with black people is what they see on TV and shit. So if all they watching is the news and think that we dangerous and shit like that, that leads to the bullshit that we run into when you outside. So yeah, the representation is important for us. And it's important for other people that they digest us better. That's, that's going to be one of my things as a content creator as I continue yes. to grow in this space, like putting normal black men Normalism. in places, just normalizing black men. Like, even if you notice when you, and this is maybe different, maybe not, when you uh, reach out to me when we text, I always leave with black men, like versus nigga or whatever it may be. What's going on, yeah. black man? I try to make that normal. a normal thing in my vocabulary where it's not so cliche to say, how you doing? What's up, black man? Like, I, I, I lead my conversations with that. So, like, cause you're you're, you're taking that and you're turning yeah, it like into you used a to hear that 
just like you used to hear like people associate i'll give you a good example and this is why i started doing it. you know how people associate florida man you know how that whole thing ran off yeah. florida man yeah. and it's always this crazy ass news headline mm -hmm. same thing with black men black men shot black man killed black man caught selling dope so i try to normalize it like i do you top of the morning black man Mm -hmm. I, what do you think about this black man just normalizing you hearing that and it, me yeah. saying it and it not coming off derogatory or associated with that name yeah like what's up black man like, in front of white people yes yeah you know i'm saying like, what's, up, black white man? Yeah, what's going on black man like, you know i like that line off of uh to pimp a butterfly when he did the black of the berry he's like i want you to recognize that i'm a proud monkey yeah now whatever you call me right so I thought he took so much power from a racial Away slur. From that. Oh man, like that song was so powerful. When he took that, I want you to recognize that I'm a proud monkey. My nose is wide, my dick is big. Like <laughs> that whole man. Like yeah, I, that was so that shit, when you man. say black man, I take all of that that Kendrick energy from yeah, nigga. Black of the Berry. When he said that, I was like, I want you to recognize I'm a proud monkey. You can't take Just style from it. me. Yeah, you man. read that shit in your text coming through like black man. Yeah, yeah. and it's, and it's dope. And then when I see <laughs> black men at my job now, I, I'll say the same thing. Like I'm making an effort to do those things, but that's why I be press on. We we talk about a, a few episodes, you know, about the Seinfeld rapper. It's not so much about being like the black version of Jerry Seinfeld. It's more about what Spike is talking about normalcy. It's this regularness that we have. We don't get, we always are looked at like we're supposed to be the talent or we're supposed to be the overly sexualized or we all, the super we're, so, nigga. we're the super nigga. We're supposed Man. to be the super athletic or the super sexy or the super strong, super muscular, the super, what we're always ex, the super excellent. Like we're always supposed to do that. But what about the normal, everyday, regular black dude? Guess what? We got sarcasm too. Guess what? Yeah. We got jokes too. Guess what? We are funny too. Guess what? We don't be offended by racial things too. sometimes. There's so much to us. It's like we we don't have to be. Oh, I can talk to Chinese people and laugh. Philippine this way, but with black people, let me be sensitive to these. No, you don't always have to do that. Like if you're not a racist person or you're a person that don't have a problem with any ethnicity, then don't you don't have to carry me a different way. You don't have to handle me a different way. I can handle cater to me being black. Yeah. I ain't sensitive. I ain't sensitive about being black. And and I and I'm and I even led in the like it's like the same four people at my job now. They moved me to the, a different location. And we be in the little break room. And so me and the guy, like I'll lead in certain conversations. I can see where he's going and I'll provide the comfort. Not because I owe him, but because I'm good, bro. I'm secure. I'm tiptoeing around. Me. Yeah, I'm. So we'll make a joke. He's like, "Yeah, well, you trying to like?" He's talking about some about his grandkids, and he's like, "I was just talking to an individual, and I didn't know." They were like, "Who are you talking to?" And I didn't know how to describe. Her. I said, "Oh, I know that feeling. Like, you don't want to say that they're black or they're Asian, or you know that funny joke of like you trying to describe somebody, and there's one detail that if you say that, they're like, "Oh, I know that person." Like, <laughs> but you trying to say, "Uh, they're tall. Uh, their hair is Bill Burr got it." <laughs> You know who Bill Burr is, the comedian. Yeah, yeah, he got Burr, a joke he, like that. Yeah, he got this new special. He's like, man, black people make when they when they identify people, we make it so cool because we always put like a cuss word. Like, man, this Chinese motherfucker, man, like, like <laughs> <laughs> this, this white motherfucker. He said black people make it always sound so cool, and he said white people they always fuck it up like, oh, oh this 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 black guy. Yeah, he's like, what do you mean black guy? Like, yep. what do you say it like that for? Yep. 
Every time. He ain't lying either. He ain't lying. Bill Burr, funny white dude. But yeah, man, that's important, man. Everybody, I can't freestyle. Like, you ain't, don't come ask me to rap or bust no beats and no shit like that. Like you nigga saying, shit. just normal black hair, nigga, 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 no, no, it's, well, it's all, uh, uh, sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you when they had the workhorses yeah. here. Yeah. Bro, bro, how you was, forget that? You was in the movie. Like, that's funny. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of that. I don't look yeah, like bro. This is Lakeith, by the way, if y'all didn't know. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, continuing on, but this is something I really wanted to ask. I'm going to skip one. I'm going to jump down. Because I heard a conversation on Shots Out to the Mallory Bros podcast, uh, the twins. Do you? They spoke about something, and I want to see what your take is. Do you think. Representation has ruined our content for the sake of the agenda, and they were speaking speaking about uh, uh, what's his name, Quentin Tarantino. He was talking about right. why he don't want to make certain movies and this and that because when they started to cater to these certain communities for the sake of representation, that's when the movie died. So Quentin Tarantino it, said that. Yes. What? Well, who was he alluding to black people no he was just alluding to the agenda of oh well wait a minute we gotta make sure we have this type of person in here. <clears throat> oh like we you gotta be a gay person in it's there. Got, it's gotta oh yeah it's gotta be a black person gotta be an asian person oh we need a because even recently they, they went on the mallory bros they were speaking about the handicap community has been speaking like yeah that's the thing and honestly i really wasn't mad at because i'm like yeah you damn near right like that is normal too like we people like why you gotta an actor we, playing a deaf person when you can get a deaf actor to play the deaf person. I, that, now that that is something whole, like that. Well, now that's what that's, they mean the handicap community, right? No, like why they, would I get somebody to pay a paraplegic when there's paraplegic actors? No, they mean just have an actual person playing that role, not uh, so much just, that they are just really, the person there. Okay, yeah, not the just person the person. Doing it. Okay. Now the the gay community has had that though. They'd be like, just get a gay person. Why would you get a straight person to play gay when you just get a? Now that I do be feeling like really. You know what I mean? Like, just get a gay person. Why would you? Why wouldn't you? But so, but anyway, nonetheless, do you feel like representation has ruined our content? Like, oh, we need to have this, or we don't want to offend these people. We don't. Want, we need to have this there because black people wanna. Oh, we need to have this because uh, uh, Hispanic people wanna. A Puerto, you know. Do you feel like that's ruined the content, <coughs> or you feel like it's a good thing that they're trying to think about representation before creating podcasts? Rap songs and uh, music songs in general, movies, television. It's unfortunate that you have to tell people to and in, in be inclusive, and I think that's what's ruined it. Having the actual representation there isn't a bad thing. For the example of, I'll tell you how it goes both ways, because I don't want to sound like I'm on the fence about this. The TV show Friends. A lot of times you hear people say, mm-hmm. man, ain't no blame. No, that's unrealistic. Ain't no way you're going to have a show about a group of friends in New York and not have any black people in there. And I respect the creator's response. He's like, bro, I'm just showing you my friend group. I didn't hang out with black people. I'm not racist. I'm just giving you my experience. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Because I would rather you have an all-white cast versus you trying to include a black person who you write wrong, mm-hmm. right? And what I mean by right wrong is the lines ain't right. It ain't an accurate representation. It ain't we don't connect with the character as a black person. You just threw them in there because you needed a black person. You wanted to meet a quota. Yeah, I don't like that. 
I would like an accurate representation. So if he don't know what no black people, then I mean, I, I guess I'm fine with that. You can do your due diligence, hire some black people, mm-hmm. add that black person if you really cared about it. But I can't put that onus on him. Mm-hmm. So I ain't forcing him to have to add black people just to add black people so black people are like it. I don't think that that's on him. Uh, however, I do think that it is important that black people and it is an accurate representation. Like if you're doing those old movies, like Jesus shouldn't look like uh, Charleston Heston. Like it ain't that ain't what Jesus looked like as far who, as the description. Was it wasn't Charleston Heston, the guy that plays Jesus. In, I mean, uh, there was a lot of uh, I guess Ten Commandments. Just a long, long, long hair beard guy. I'm actually yeah. The, well, anybody I, cast in the that's Ten what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah, just, any, just pick, take your pick. It ain't even got to be him. okay. Just any, but of yeah, them. just yeah. yeah, just when you're talking about like pieces of actual history that mu- movies are trying to portray or TV shows then yeah I would like it to look like it's supposed to look I don't think you should hire a cast full of white people just to tell the story so if that opportunity is there and it's supposed to be then yes there should be people that look like the people that they're representing however on the other end of it I don't want you faking it either I don't want the person from friends and the black person just because you think it'll make black people happy and I guess I can even say that with uh, Quinta Brunson and um, Abbott Elementary. If that's her experience, if those are the black guys that she met, then I guess I have to be happy with the ones that she's included in. Look at the girl. I guess I can't hold her to, yeah, Look I can't girl. hold her to <laughs> to being like, well, what the fuck is the normal black dudes? I guess I got to, yeah. So, yeah. Because I ain't familiar. See, in my show, Role, I Maybe only, she- I've only wrote three white characters in there. I wrote two white women and one white guy. And they all mess with black people, and that's because it's been my experience. They didn't act black, however, yeah. they had just, they were just down with the swirl. They was down with the swirl, so I was able to like take some blackness down. If you really pay attention, it's blackness turned down, and there's the white character. Uh, I I do agree with you. I think that. I just don't like when I, a lot of times, and we'll get into the homework. There's a, a thing that I want to speak to with the homework, but sometimes it feels like when the, with the representation, you guys are using it as a ploy to make the plot line interesting. Like the show you sent me a minute ago with the black dude. He got all these, he's got these skills, he got these talents, these gifts, and everything. For sure. I don't remember what it was. Uh, yeah, but yeah. he was like, oh, but he's he's just he's a gay black guy. Like that's yeah, just what it is. And which is fine. Like if that's that's what y'all own. But it just right. feels like, oh, yeah, but the, you know, it's like that y'all y'all treated it, y'all positioned it like it was a kryptonite here. Or it's like, oh, let's make it interesting. So it yeah. just it, it, it's it sound it seems like almost like that show was done, written, and somebody at the studio was like, What if he was gay and black? Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's like, how I be feeling, bro. That's yeah. how I be feeling. So, <laughs> and then it just gets me like most times when they'll, they'll you talking about that HBO Max show for yes. those losing the context. It's an HBO Max show uh, based off a uh, comic or something. And this guy's very wealthy, wealthy, yeah. smart, black. He's kind of like the Black Iron Man almost, damn near. But yeah, not War Machine. Black, but, damn near black version of Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, but but um. But it, sometimes it just seems like y'all like forcing, it. and then it seems like when they got need do need, you know, the gay representation uh, with males, they always seem to lean on the black guy. And I'm not down in my gay black men because my brother is gay. I just think that 
the people that are crying out for representation the most when it comes to the gay men is white guys. Just because the population is a lot, it's more, it's just more. So it's just like, why do you, I'm like, oh, we're going to do it by using the, like, why? Like, black is already representation. You want gay? Bring in the white guy. There it is. Because he's the one that's crying out about it. Black niggas ain't crying about that. Like, whatever. They're going to get whatever. But it's just funny how they do that. That's all I'm saying. But I do think that it has ruined some movies and shows because it feels forced. And I got to, I definitely. In which, in which scenarios? Like, is it the black people that it feels forced onto you? Is it the gay oh. people? Like, what feels the most forced? It kind of depends because sometimes it do feel like, like, uh, okay, so Black Panther. It felt forced with the white, with the white other white guy, not the white guy that ended up getting killed. That was making the funny jokes. The first movie, like he was funny. He he felt like he fit before you know Michael B. Jordan got him out of there. But like the other white guy that like they were trying to. Oh, here comes another white the CIA. Guy. Yeah, it the Judas in the new. One. I ain't seen a new one yet, but the, the, oh. the, the first one. But like the the guy that they's like, oh, here's another white guy that we gotta fix or heal or whatever. It's just like, yeah. And then they try to almost create this fake white savior moment, but then like he didn't say, which I was happy. I'm like, thank y'all, but it's saving us from the white savior complex. So sometimes it's like, oh, we gotta put the white. You don't have to put the white guy in the movie. Like I just watched Meteor Man, and it was like zero white people. Bro. Have you ever seen it before? Yeah, I've seen it before, but not in a long time, nigga. I got a, oh, I got a, I read I got a, that book. There's a book? Absolutely. You know the little book fest used to come to the school? I read and bought that book. That was the first book I read. Meteor Man. Absolutely. I used to fuck with Robert Townsend, man. Robert Townsend. I thought he was super dude. talented. That's probably he is one super of my talented. first inspirations. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, that was probably one of my first inspirations, man. We got we got to come back to that. Damn, that's a, Robert Townsend, man. Shouts out to him. That movie, that was one of my favorite media. Bro, man. that movie that was, was so good, bro. Yeah, oh, that's low man. key black cinema classic. Right it there, is, man. bro. Yeah, it is. Man. But I, I keep it moving here. But I uh, wish I still had that book. Yeah, man, we found it on some bootleg, whatever. But anyway, um, yeah. do you want to cover anything else in here? Or do you want to move to the homework? I got some other things here, but we can. For the sake of time, if you want, we can move to the homework. I can cover one more portion of what we have here. What, what you think, bro? We can get to the homework, but I think we've been very in depth, okay. and I think this has been a good conversation about it. Okay. Unless there was one that stuck out to you that you want to throw in, there, I'm totally open for it. Uh, nah, I think that's good. I agree with you. Yep, I like it. I think representation. Uh, I guess as a concluding statement, if you want to give any concluding statements as we move to the homework, that'd be cool. <laughs> mm, concluding statements. What would you like to see at, overall in the future for representation? What area as a conclusion? What what would you like to see personally? You know, as far as representation, I think it starts with individualism and being proud of the things that you do. Taking pride in not being lackadaisical having that battery in your back sometimes you gotta be the and I'm working on it sometimes you have to be the extra person that's doing a little bit too much when you're talking about stuff that you're trying to be good at or dreams that you're chasing because you may be that representation I'm talking about like the normal person and that being the representation for kids and 12 year olds I have to work to be that 
Sometimes it takes being a little extra in our field to get to the goals of success. So what I would like to see and say is people to find something that you take pride in. Find something that you like don't have to force yourself to do on a daily basis. Find that career that you love, be able to make money from that and show people that you can be successful in that because we need representation in all fields and things. And it starts with being happy with what you do. You're going to want to wake up and represent and tell people about what you do if you're happy and proud of what you do. So I'll challenge, and as we do on here, challenge you to, as we grow to be better, which is what we put this podcast out for, challenge you to find something that you're proud of doing. Stay Sticking and staying with that. If you be able to make a living off of it, wonderful. Show people that that can be a representation of us. Even if you're not able to make a living off of it, we try to associate too much stuff with the bag nowadays too. But just being proud of something that you do. I challenge you to find that thing and really live in that. Be present in that. I agree with Spike. And as I conclude with him, I just, again, you know, don't be discouraged. If you don't see representation, there's always a first. You know, there's history books that says the first black this, the first black that. So don't feel that you can't be the first. That's all I would, would say in regards to representation. Do your thing. Uh, be proud to be black. Be proud to be different. You know, we know the default in this country is is you know white european you know so be you know be proud if you're a person that's not black and you listen to this podcast just be proud to be different man that's that's a cool thing it it, it at moments it feels like a disadvantage but it can definitely work in in your advantage if you utilize it correctly so spike the homework from last week um so i asked you to listen to the official Black Panther podcast chapter one with Ryan Coogler. Was you able to check that out? I was. Uh, Ryan Coogler, I'm surprised that that nigga accent still so heavy, man. Boy, that nigga Bay Area to the death, you, homie. You wouldn't even think he'd be writing like I thought God, it was somebody damn, else. Boy, that was that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. That nigga sounded like Marcus Peters or Marshawn Lynch or something. Boy, uh, that was the first thing that stuck out to me. The second thing, um, it was produced well. Um, it was a powerful moment. I feel like when he broke down, when the guy asked him about, you yeah. know, Chad or whatnot. I like, I like that he, he I think his personality is kind of similar to mine, which is why I liked him. You know, he's not over to over the top. He's kind of laid back. He kind of just went with the flow of it, but he wasn't afraid to get emotional mm-hmm. um, and show that that Chad passing really hurt him and how he had to translate that on scene and how they were actually like, we're not dealing with the death of a character here, bro. Like somebody died for real. Like I gotta translate that, make that feel real to the motherfucker that's eating their popcorn. I think was one of the quotes that I had from that he said. But I liked it. I like Ryan Coogler as a person. I don't think that I would double back and listen to him. I'm just not interested in the making of Black Panther like that. Okay. But that was a good interview with Ryan Coogler specifically because mm-hmm. I am interested in him as a creator. Okay. And um, I liked how he spoke about the stuff and how he was able to translate some of the stuff. So yeah, and his relationship with Chad and how like I love to hear black men be that vulnerable. Yeah. Talk about. The, the relationship with Chad and how he felt when he died, and uh, yeah, it was dope. Man. He tried to drop that Denzel name. He dropped that Denzel name on the floor a couple of times. Boy, if you if you familiar with the Joe button, like, oh, you dropped that like that. So I was talking to Denzel, and um, oh, okay. oh, we get it, bro. You know oh, we Denzel. Doing that. Yeah, we yeah. doing that. You know we doing that. <laughs> That's funny. 
But uh, my homework was comedy for once. Sitcoms that I'm watching. I gave you the wrong name, so I'm not even sure if you could find it. It was Mythic Quest that was on Apple TV. That would have been the, one of the sitcoms, and the other one was um, what was the other? One? The Sex Life. Which one? Of college one? Girls. Did you check any one of those out? I did. I checked out the Sex Lives of College Girls. What did you think? Okay. First off, you thought did you think this show was funny? Yes. Like, there were laugh uh, out what, loud. What? There were laugh out loud moments for me. For real? Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you you like another type of comedy? This fits is it, your comedy. Is it the style? Is it the style of comedy that you don't like? It yeah, this is right up my alley. Snarky, it's right up your alley. Like, like yeah, I thought about yeah, Office, 100, Spike 100, Curve, your, uh, your enthusiasm. Yeah. I thought about, I was like, yeah, this is Spike. Like, my wife Thanks. has that type of humor you have. My wife has the same humor. Like, Brooklyn uh, Nine-Nine. Okay. Yes. You know, that yeah. type of. I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, black dude. So, that's so they this ain't your type of humor. What type uh, of humor is yours? Like, what is your, what's funny to you? So, what's funny to me is actually uh, Impractical Jokers. And practical oh, jokers man. is funny like, to me. Pranks. Well, the thing is, it's not like Jackass though. Like Jackass is like I know okay. what in practice. Like they put they look backstage and they tell yeah, you but, you gotta but, do shit. Yeah. But oh, but what yeah, makes what makes that funny versus like a jackass, like is because it it'd be like you're doing things that like are so regular. And in my mind, if I were to witness this in person. Like when they just had dude like high fiving this person, he's like, "Yeah, man," or he say, "Hey, you got to get him to show you his teeth." And so you're like, "Hey, man, what do you think about my teeth, man?" He do like like that. Did he got to get the dude to do the same thing? It's goofy because it's like it's so regular, and it, like the things that they have each other do. So it's hilarious because it's like, what is wrong with you people? Like that is like when you talk about laugh out loud funny, but like I like my sitcoms. However, you like with, to laugh at people. That's what I took from Probably you like so. to laugh yeah. at people. I like to laugh with people. Dang, I don't know how That's... I laugh with people. Like who, who? <laughs> I don't know how to do that damn near. I mean, it ain't nothing wrong with it. This is not. I guess I got to figure out. You just more of a laugh at people person. I'm more of a laugh with people person. Like, I don't like being the butt of jokes, or nor do I like. It's you makes say you don't like to be the butt of the jokes. No, and it makes me uncomfortable when people. I don't like practical jokes and none of that shit. Like, so like, like you saying like, like when you get joned on. You you can't laugh with him. I can. Yeah, like, have I can. you have genuinely? If got it's you? funny too, like like I like if it's funny too. They I'm put not, it together for real. Then you like oh, yeah, like I respect got... good. Yeah, I respect good shit. Okay. But if it's just like okay, low like, hanging fruit, it's like oh, we just joking to be joking. Like move on, bro. Like, you, like stop. <laughs> stop, stop. We're gonna revisit this. <laughs> yeah, gonna like revisit. move on, my nigga. Like you're not even funny. It's not even making no like nah. This but guy. yeah, I respect like I respect good jokes. Though. Okay, so you like be creative. Like don't just be like oh yeah, they gonna look like yeah. like come on yeah like come on bro. All right, get creative. Uh, and then see that's how we will get to it. But see that's how with personalities like mine it spirals out because now you now you the nigga that don't think it's funny when now it genuinely ain't funny. Are oh, you trying not to laugh? Like nah, nigga. Ain't okay, funny. <laughs> see when dudes do that, you are yeah, I'm saying like hard like. Now, oh, you, you know what I mean? To, I'm, I'm not trying. Try. Like, nah, bro, it just ain't nah, funny, my nigga. Nah, like, I yeah, I need to be serious, man. I'm just joking. Like, oh, okay, I didn't know it was a joke. I ain't know it was Have funny. Have you ever been there where you was trying not to laugh? Though? Nah, like I said, I respect <laughs> a good joke. 
Like I'm gonna laugh with you. Because like, again, I'm a laugh with person. I appreciate okay. the human shit, man. I, I okay. definitely, I'm, I'm always one. I don't know if it's a Sagittarius. I was reading somewhere that was our sign. That's one of the traits of it. If you believe in astrology, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I love. I find the humor and shit, even in most serious situations. I can always find the humor and shit. That's how Animal Brown and I um, connected. That's how we have similar. Oh, he's like that too. He find humor in uh, it. He worse than I am. Sometimes uh, I even be like, I'll be serious and that nigga could be like, bro. Yeah, bring it back on you. I'm, I'm the only one thinking it. Okay. He <laughs> one, one of those. So, yeah. Okay. But outside of the humor, there were some moments where it wasn't like I laughed, but I was like, ah, that was, that was, that was kind of funny. Clever. That was clever. Clever. Yeah, Thank you. That was clever. I love word. clever humor, dude. That's me. I, I love, clever. and I'm good with that because sometimes it ain't got to be funny. It's just got to be clever, or it's got to be entertaining. Basically, I'm entertained by what you're going for. Let me tell you, I only watched the first episode, of the pilot. I like mm-hmm. it. I like the really? show. Anything that is college based, I am a sucker for Man. because I I had, and this is why I want to do the college episode. My college experience was so dope. And I wasn't even going to college. When I see college shows, it brings me right in. So even though the pacing was a little different, I enjoyed it for what it was. I remember you, the only thing that I was, when I was watching, I was thinking about what you said. He's like, oh, the black girl's straight. And so when it coming in, I'm looking I at it. I'm, well, first I was like, man, they all look young. Like, cause I'm not like the young, like young chick dude. I'm more of the older chick dude. But like that was, but 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 boy was got later on. I was like, oh, ho, 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 same Wait. thing I did. I was like, oh, I was like, right. I was like oh okay, all right. I see, I see what's going yeah. on. So yeah, yeah I you, get the clearer picture. Now. Yeah, nah, I was like, you may, yeah, I see what he's, I see, I see what Spike was talking about. So uh, the show is good. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna continue to watch that. Actually, like, I'm, I'm on good. it. Now. I actually text my like sister. It. Like yo, you need to check this out. She's like, oh, I'm I'm a caught up. I'm all the way caught up. I'm like, oh, I see up to season two. She I, I just started season two. I just started season two. Oh man, I'm super. Yeah, I've been on it, bro. I remember it coming out, but I was like, eh. yeah, I was like, and that <laughs> I couldn't believe I, this was your type of thing, though. So that, that's that's so funny because this of the is estrogen how we are. thing of it. That's the part wait, that wait. confused me about you. The estrogen thing. What you mean? By well, that? because you're not an emotional guy. Mm-mm. Oh so, yeah, you know I too. So that's what kind of threw me. I'm yeah, like, they do got some emotional shit in there. So I'm like, it's not it's, enough funny to balance out that part of like just the estrogenal realistic aspect. though. Like it ain't necessarily okay. a, a lot of funny, like you say. It's enough funny and enough realistic. Okay, and not enough. It ain't a too much emotional shit for me. It's okay. just enough to make the realistic shit hit better. Because okay. there's some realistic scenarios in there. That's yeah, why it I is. Yeah, it, it is. Too. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Damn, I forgot what I was about to say on based on that though. Wow, what was that's, I saying? That's crazy. Uh, yeah, no, I yeah, just, you said yeah, you that's was pretty on cool, two. Yeah, I'm on season two. I just started season two, man. I like that style of comedy. Okay. Well, so, what what do you what homework do you got for me this week, Spike? But this week, man, I got a a documentary. I know I don't. I'm not sure if I've asked you how big you are into like the drug documentaries. The like, are you familiar with Rayful Edmonds and Alpo and Rich and all of that shit? You paying for? Yeah, that not the movie, but like yeah, the, but the, the real, real life documentary story. Yeah, have you seen that? Uh, no, nah, not the real life. No, Do I know you, the people was talking uh, down about. I think it was Alpo when he got out. Recently. Yeah, yeah. Are you that. familiar with Rayful Edmonds? Nah. Okay. 
ask all that to ask uh, the BMF documentary is on stars 50 cent your boy is doing it um, he's he and his content creation bag Nick Jeff said I don't give him enough credit so I'm gonna give him credit right here but he's doing a, mm. a, the real life documentary not the show of the BMF Black Mafia family <clears throat> and it's based on those like drug documentaries that I talked about I really enjoy those BET used to have a series called uh, American Gangster where they mm. would do a 30 minute one I used to have a DVDs of these like you looked that up like it was a whole season of uh, just black American gangsters like um, Frank Lucas was one of them Alpo was one of them Ray for Edmund was one of them like it was one of the best this is some of the best shit BET has ever done Mm-hmm. hands down however the bmf documentary is one of those documentaries i just stumbled upon it this week it's on stars 22 minute episodes it's based off the bmf book which is really good i read that i was really into that whole bmf thing and reading about it i thought it was a dope thing or concept that big meach was trying to push as far as the black mafia family so i'm suggesting for the homework that first episode if you like it is six episodes if they only 22 minutes oh, yeah. and it's just talking about the rise and the fall of the black mafia family mm. okay i'm gonna check that out um you got bet plus no they got some on there it's on amazon eh? i think it, it, yeah, i, think I it mean I, I, could, I could get to it i got stars but I was just gonna say that they got a series called like Trap Queens, like it's kind of like yeah, American that's Gangster. What, that's what American Gangster based off of. Yeah, bro. Same thing. Them those women on there, they finesse. Like I said, this is some Spike. I know he'd be into because like the way they mm-hmm. come up with the hustle, dude. I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. I've seen. Okay. Oh, I, I mean, I've read about. It. I ain't seen any of the episodes. Okay. But I've okay. read about. But, but that show. that is something I be. I know my sister put me on to, and I was like, all right, I right, check it out, and then I start watching it, then my wife then left me behind. <laughs> so it's it's heat but my homework assignment isn't that my homework this week is on youtube it's a, a page i just came across when i was catching a flight back to florida it's uh axiom amnesia and they have a episode it's called the juice fan theory so me and you are big on fan theories i know you big on it with reddit and i've watched a lot of different fan theories so bro they got a fan theory about juice. It's about 17 minutes long. It shouldn't take you much. The movie juice? Yes, the movie juice. Oh, okay. You, well, you seen that? You seen that before? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Now, it's about 17 minutes long. I'm not. That's I, a I can't, crazy question to ask me, by the way. But go ahead. Hey, I'm, I got to do you like you with sports. Shit. I got to do you like it too. <laughs> 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 but they they got they got they got two fan theories that uh they got like four of them but the two that are really good is the juice one and the uh minister society they got a theory about old dog i don't I know which that. one okay so but the juice theory i sent that, that old dog son. wasn't real you seen this page before i'm over that's how yeah I, I don't think i've seen the one about juice, but okay. I seen the one about old dog. Not okay, yeah, but well, that was the theory on old and dog that being where, a figment of his imagination. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Me and my sister, we're actually trying it to make work. you want to go watch the movie again. Yeah, me and my sister trying to work on the theory right now. We've been trying to go through like black classics, and we're trying to work on the theory right now, like as we speak. That's dope. Uh, so, but yeah, so they got a juice fan theory. It's about seventeen minutes long. Pick it up whenever you may. I think that you'll enjoy it. Like my sister, she was texting me in real time, like, man, this is crazy. Then after the end, she hit me. She's like, I, I kind of subscribe to this theory. So mm. check that out. Y'all that are listening, man, check out that XM Amnesia, uh, the juice fan theory, man. Check that out, man. It's really, really good. It's, it's gonna blow your mind. So that's my homework for this week, Spike. 
Perfect, man. It's been another week in the books. I am Spike Lou. You can check me out across all your podcast platforms on Dead End Sports, on uh, the On Deck TV show, and another week in the books. Uh, appreciate you guys tapping in. Go rate, subscribe, and like. Maurice was saying how we don't have any comments or ratings for this, man. Y'all go change that for us, please. And when the merch comes out, we'll start giving out stuff for it. But yeah. go rate, go subscribe, go like, go leave some comments, go throw this thing in the algorithm as only those things can do Maurice where can they find you hey, I can find me on uh, Instagram as well the underscore conceptual underscore Maurice Hunt man y'all can find this podcast another week in the books on Instagram as well no spaces man DM us man if y'all ain't y'all ain't the y'all young and y'all listening y'all ain't the email type man just DM us on uh, Instagram man another week in the books it's a simple title man if y'all old school y'all like our age man y'all can hit us at awitb2022 <laughs> gmail.com if y'all haven't already man y'all can check out my audio drama podcast I don't know how long it'll be available but in the time that it is available y'all go check that out man uh, it's another week in the books man we out.